Episode 147 of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of autism, The Undertaker. My name is Alex Dorio. I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy. He is, yeah, I see him. He is descending down from the heavens right now as we speak. The angelic Mr. Travis White. And Travis, you know, we've got... We've had a great luck with our timing as we've done this podcast over the past 147 yeah. episodes. And as we finally come here to WrestleMania 25, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. I think it's so fitting that the WWE is currently building to what they're calling the greatest wrestling match ever at Backlash. Because... We're going to set them straight on this episode of the podcast and talk about <laughs> what I think really is the greatest wrestling match ever. Yeah, I, I agree. You know what would be great if that match with Orton and Edge, if it starts and then Edge just, or Orton just low blows him. That'd be awesome. It has they to be move. something like that, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, <laughs> they're, they're, they're not serious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we don't talk too much about current stuff, but yeah, th- you're right. We're giving them a run for their money right here. Uh, arguably the greatest WrestleMania match of all time, arguably the greatest match of all time. We'll get into that later on and uh, pick each other's brains about that and stuff like that. But yeah, I am excited. It's finally here. This is one that I know we've both been looking forward to since the day we, you know, you came up with the, you know, the embryo of this idea of doing this podcast, you know, um, been really looking forward to several stops along the way, but I was really excited to get to this one right here. And, uh, you know, I, in my mind, I was like, we could do a watch along, but like, Ah, what's what? What are, you, what are we gonna add at all? You know, like, what could we possibly add to this match? So we're just gonna break it down and talk about the tremendously busy build-up, and then uh, get to the match itself and see if we can do it justice. Yeah, you know, I kind of thought the same thing too. Maybe a watch along for this one, and maybe that could be a bonus episode sure. uh, one day into the future. But yeah, I mean, really want to talk about the build-up. Really want to. You know, go back and forth talking about the action. You don't want to miss any of it here the first time we talk about it. So uh, I'm with I'd you. I'd probably just been quiet. I would have just sat there. That too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My jaw just would have hit the floor again. But yeah, yeah we uh, we watched this one live back in the day, uh, 11 years ago. Um, we have both have very vivid memories of it. Uh, it was exciting to go back and rewatch it. Uh, we've got done our research. We've got some interviews with some other superstars and people involved in it that we'll talk about here. So strap in. It's going to be a long one. Uh, the Undertaker once said, it's it's hell getting to heaven. Uh, we're going to try to make heaven a place on earth here for the next couple hours mm. and, and take you back uh, on our time traveling hearse back to February of 2009. Uh, we took a week off last week, at least from the storyline, at least, and joined up with Mike and JV for that uh, Armageddon 2000 watch-along, so we appreciate you guys listening to that. Go check it out if you haven't yet. Very, very fun episode, but two weeks ago, we last left off at No Way Out, the Elimination Chamber with Undertaker and Triple H having a fantastic finish to that match, but the Undertaker coming up just a hair short of winning the world title, so he doesn't have WrestleMania plans, 
And uh, there's a couple other guys that don't have WrestleMania plans that have their sights set on The Undertaker. So, Travis, why don't you get us started talking about these guys? All right, yeah, we're going to go kick off with uh, Raw. We're going to be bouncing back and forth between Raw and SmackDown here, just like the good old, or not the good old days, but the busy days of the, you know, late Attitude Era uh, that we used to, you know, have kind of extended episodes because everybody was on every show. And at this point in time, the brand split is basically null and void, and everybody Mm -hmm. is just free for all, and you do as you please. But there actually is an explanation after the fact, which we'll get to. Um in the meantime, but yeah, this is Raw, February sixteenth, two thousand nine. JBL comes out with a black eye, and he announces, you know, that Shawn Michaels is no longer his employee. He said, you know, his people have written a very large check to make him financially stable, and returned his likeness of the sexy boy and HBK back to him. So it's back in his possession. And but he said it's okay because he's more rich than Shawn Michaels will ever be, and any of us in the crowd or any of us watching at home will ever be. And he hired Shawn Michaels to help make him world champion at WrestleMania in his home state of Texas. But after losing to Sean last night, he had an epiphany. And those goals that he had were just too small. You know, he said, I was supposed to be the conquering hero at the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. So next year, I guess. It's the long game. Because <laughs> we'll get into that, too. The 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. We'll talk about that and the semantics of that as we get get going on here on this on this ride. But Wait, JBL anyway. was saying he owned the rights to Sexy Boy and Heartbreak Kid? I think Heartbreak Kid. Yeah, I don't know about Sexy Boy. <laughs> that so, would have been great. <laughs> if J- yeah, could JBL have just like, why didn't he ever do that during this feud? Just like, he should have come, come down on the zip dance line. It. <laughs> yeah, that would have been great. Probably for yeah, the he best. he could have pulled it off too. Yeah, he probably could have. Oh, yeah. Well, he's going to do something that no one has ever done because that was too small of a, of a, of a goal. So he's got a date at WrestleMania, a Desti- date with Destiny at WrestleMania, and it's to do something no one's ever done. And that's in the streak. So when he defeats Taker at WrestleMania, there's no doubt he's the greatest wrestler of all time. And he's going to take care of what he quotes as the most hallowed, dominant, longest streak in sports history. Other than the Cubs losing streak in the World Series. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. It's more but, positive um, streak. Yeah. But as he's you know finishing up this you know uh, comments here, Sexy Boy comes to the speakers and Shawn Michaels has his music back. His persona back. He's bouncing around like good old Shawn Michaels used to be. He's not sad and in the doldrums. His eyes are still crossed, though. Thanks, of course, to Chris Jericho. Yeah, but um, he said that he's found his smile, which I guess was for the second time because he dropped it back in '97, I believe, and I guess he lost it here in 2008 and '9. So, and he says that last night, you know, he had an epiphany as well. He says, "I can't spell it, but I had an epiphany too." <laughs> I appreciate. Sean's little stuff like that. His self-deprecating humor is always funny. Yeah. He says, you know, I'm no longer Shawn Michaels' employee of the month. No longer Shawn Michaels' conflicted family man. I am the headliner, the showstopper, the main event, Mr. WrestleMania. And he says that, you know, a month ago at the Royal Rumble, a man told him it was hell trying to get to heaven, and that man was right. He says he's been living in, uh, excuse me, heaven on earth now that he's free from JBL. So, so now there's really nothing better than to do than to face Undertaker at WrestleMania. And the crowd is just all over him right now, just chanting for HBK. He's very, very, very excited. Sean says that, you know, JBL can't tell him what to do. And so he's like, you know, I guess I'll give you a proposition here. He says that um, next week, uh, how about it's HBK versus JBL, and the winner of that faces the Undertaker at WrestleMania. And, of course, JBL accepts. And Sean kind of goes into poking him on the chest and is like, 
you know, which is what JBL would do to him when he couldn't fight mm-hmm. back. And he's like, don't you just hate it when people do this, do you? Just poking him right in the chest. And um, which is kind of funny because, like, why was nobody else offered for this match? It's just like, oh, I got a match. You and me for the number one contendership for Undertaker streak. Like, I don't know. Just They just make a match and sign it. Yeah, and, you know, we'll hear from The Undertaker here shortly, uh, or in a couple weeks, and he's not too happy about that either. People just (laughs) saying they're the ones who gets to challenge him. It's his streak. He should get to decide who he gets to fight, and he'll he'll bring that up as well. Yeah, he does. So that's pretty much how that Raw, you know, feeds into this storyline with The Undertaker, so... That'll lead us on the SmackDown. So yeah, I'll take the SmackDown duties as we take it to February 20th, 2009. And Shawn Michaels, JBL, they've got their opinions. Well, Vicky Guerrero, the general manager of SmackDown, which is the brand that The Undertaker is on, she's got her own opinions. And uh, how how would you describe the uh, outfit that she has on, Travis? She looks like she's wearing a dress from Minecraft. It's like my, my son has some T-shirts and Minecraft. It's got these boxes on it and stuff. And I don't know if Minecraft was big in 2009 or not because I don't play computer games or video <laughs> games. But uh, it was like straight out of Minecraft closet, man. Like it was, it, it just popped me because my kid, you know, my my son loves it. So well, she so was, was a trendsetter, you know. Yes, yeah, she's an AEW now, so she's yeah. Going for what's popular. So, And, well, she was not popular here. Again, no. just getting new, clear heat. We can't say that enough every time she's on the screen. It really is incredible. Excuse me! I And she's upset. She says, who did JBL and HBK think they are to challenge The Undertaker at WrestleMania? Last time she checked, he's on her show. So if anyone is going to challenge The Undertaker at WrestleMania, it's going to be the man who is undefeated in singles competition, the Mm. bane of our existence, (laughs) Vladimir Kozlov. Oh, my word. Are you kidding me? Uh, This guy comes out, stands next to Vicky, and she says... To show that he can defeat The Undertaker at WrestleMania, he's going to defeat The Undertaker next week on SmackDown. There you go. <laughs> Nothing like giving away a WrestleMania match right. on television. That was my that was my mindset. It's like, even if you're not going to do that, why would you give it away for free on TV? I don't know, man. It just was stupid. Well, that was stupid. And then Kozlov getting the mic was stupid because he mm. butchers the English language here as he calls out... <clears throat> Sean, Mike, and JBL. Sean, Mike, and JBL. <laughs> Sean, Mike, and JBL. <laughs> Bro, <Bruh. laughs> can't even get the greatest superstar in WWE history's name right. Yeah. Come on. It sounds like uh, some like uh, TV show from like Snick back in the nineties. Sean, Mike, Mike, and JBL. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, maybe that was on SNCC in Russia because uh, Kozlov, <laughs> he starts ranting in Russian and then says he's undefeated, which not true, but uh, he will destroy right. one of them on Raw and then defeat The Undertaker on SmackDown and then defeat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. So thankfully Taz is there to help us translate that into figuring out that Kozlov is going to show up on Raw on Monday and confront the winner of that Sean Mike and J-Bill match. 
<laughs> yeah, Taz Bobby is like, well, I, I think what he's trying to say was he <laughs> breaks it down. It's Just like, like when they uh, have to, JBL used to have to translate Kali. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good stuff. Well, the next uh, Monday on Raw, this is February 23rd, 2009. We got Vicky Guerrero. She's introduced as the interim GM for Raw, as well as the GM of SmackDown. So that's after what Orton did to Shane and Stephanie and, and uh, you know, the – I guess he was punting them and whatever. I didn't follow that storyline as uh, closely here. But yeah, anyway, something like that. But yeah. it does help explain, even though it's after the fact, it does help explain how these guys can kind of crisscross paths. So she's the same GM for both. So yeah. I'll give him a little bit there and say, yeah. Although I wouldn't mind a Teddy Long coming back. and <laughs> Wait till next week, around. my friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, before JBL versus HBK for the winner of Taker or for the winner to face Taker at WrestleMania match gets underway, Michael Cole tells us that Vicky has now made a change to this match. The winner of this match will now face Kozlov next week, and the winner of that match will face the Undertaker at WrestleMania. So let's rewind that, folks. We've got <laughs> JBL versus HBK for the number two seed, I guess. Number yes, five, the, the yeah. Undertaker tournament. Sure. Yeah, the Undertaker, the Undertaker WrestleMania Street Tournament. Yeah, that's basically this what's is, happening. Basically, yeah. yeah, this is the the, the semifinals or whatever, I guess. So mm-hmm. they're fighting, and then the whoever... other semifinal is Undertaker versus Kozlov. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then they're gonna fight Kozlov next week, and the winner of that gets Taker at WrestleMania. So there you go. It's you know they're trying to drag it out. I understand. If they're going to put everybody on both shows, I mean, you got to make stuff like this happen because that's part of the good thing about splitting the brands is you only have everybody on one show. It's half the storylines to write. But anyway, and a funny moment here, though, Michael Cole's like, he asked Jerry Lawler, like, could you imagine being 16 and 0 at WrestleMania? <laughs> Jerry Lawler goes, I can't even imagine wrestling at WrestleMania, Michael. It'd be nice, though. <laughs> I was like, dude, I was dying Aww. because little did he know that his ticket. To WrestleMania would be a singles match with his broadcast partner, Michael Cole. Or maybe he did know. He was foreshadowing it. <laughs> Ooh, years Planting ahead. Two seeds. years ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Planting the seeds. Well, Shawn Michaels and JBL have their Undertaker's number one contender match. And um, like you pointed out in your notes, like you can tell JBL's kind of nearing the end of his in-ring career here. He's just not what he used to be. But he's still – he's fine for a heel, you know. But yeah. um, Shawn Michaels wins with the sweet chin music and – uh, looks up at the uh, WrestleMania sign, starts to celebrate, and then uh, the man that loves Double Double E comes out, and as Shawn Michaels in the ring, they face off, and then Shawn just punches him in the face, and Kozlov winds up laying him out with a sit-out choke slam and poses, doing his little, you know, showing us his, his biceps as the crowd just drowns him in booze. So next week, it's Kozlov and HBK, and the winner of that is going to face The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And can you imagine that nobody thought that Kozlov was going to win. But we'll see. Oh, we will see. We will see. Uh, Kozlov, he's going to take on The Undertaker on February 27th, 2009 on SmackDown and a match with WrestleMania implications, according to good old JR, uh, which I guess the implications are that Kozlov could face The Undertaker at WrestleMania, so he's going to face him on (laughs) SmackDown. Like, it's so... It's not great. This, uh, you know, no. for as great as this feud becomes, uh, and as great as this build becomes, it starts off 
on a really low note. You got to go through hell to get to heaven. That's right. <laughs> That's right. This is what they all meant here. Um, That's what they meant. Man, my favorite part of this match was Taz on commentary. Uh, Taz's moronic moment of the month. Uh, he <laughs> he pulls either I, I didn't know if I compare him to John Madden or Perd Happily from Parks and Rec here no. because he says. <laughs> Mm. Thank you for that <laughs> analysis, Tess. In order to beat the streak, wow. you have to yeah. beat the streak. <laughs> oh, I get it now. I was confused. I know. I was very aggressive. Wow. Phew. Yeah, that's rough. Oh, man. Uh, this match was rough, too, man. It was. It's ugly. It's brutal. Uh, Taz and JR still can't make up their mind about Undertaker's finisher because they call it the Devil's Gate during this match. Uh, they go back and forth on that Devil's Gate, Hell's Gate. They can't decide, but yeah. Uh, thank God this was not the WrestleMania match. But unfortunately, Ooh. Kozlov comes out of nowhere, uh, yanks Undertaker down off the ropes when he's doing old school, hits him with a power slam, and gets a clean pinfall victory on the Undertaker. Which, over 147 episodes of the show is something we could probably count on both hands that we've seen. Right. Clean pinfall victories over The Undertaker, especially just on TV. Very, very rare. Uh, we've seen it, you know, Kali got one. Um, Kamala. Remember that random Kamala one? Mm-hmm. He got one? Not Kamala. Ka- Kama. Kama. Excuse yeah. me, not Kamala. Yeah. You know, there Kama, are, it was there like are a, a handful pe- of yeah. them. Um, you know, guys like Stone Cold, The Rock, people sure. like that. Um but even that, I mean, even in losses, there's usually some chair shot or no DQ mm-hmm. or, or it's a casket match or something. A clean pin over Undertaker is so rare and so huge. So it was pretty shocking to see this. And the, all right, this takes place what, four or five weeks before WrestleMania. Kozlov getting a yeah. clean pin over arguably the biggest star on the roster. Let's just keep that in the back of our minds. <laughs> on the road right. to WrestleMania in five weeks. Because even if he's not facing The Undertaker, you're probably thinking, oh man, Kozlov's probably going to have a, a big WrestleMania moment coming up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's beating the, you know, beating Taker. So anyway, well, that's going to take us to Raw, uh, March 2nd. So inching closer to WrestleMania here. And Tool Grisham's going to interview Shawn Michaels and about his match with Kozlov tonight. And he asks how Shawn's going to do what no one else can do. That's defeat the Moscow Mauler. Sean says that, you know, 11 years ago in this very arena, I main evented WrestleMania against Stone Cold Steve Austin with a broken back. Since my return, I've stolen the show at WrestleMania every single time. Is that cocky? Sure. But I'm the showstopper, <laughs> the main eventer, the headliner. And tonight, I'll end Kozlov's undefeated streak, and then I'll end Taker's at WrestleMania. So, you know, he's, he's not the old Shawn Michaels from 96, 97. He's not arrogant in real life, but he's kind of pulling – parts of that character into this you know I, i'm the showstopper I, I am the guy who sets the bar at wrestlemania so and i like that because i don't I mean he's not a heel by any stretch of imagination but he plays that line a little bit just with his brash arrogance you Definitely. know so and that's going to come up even more as we develop the story so and it makes like sense that. for him you know yeah even when Shawn michaels has been a, a pure baby face he's still he's never lost that cockiness and exactly. that edge which is something we talked about a lot on the mm-hmm. show, you know, he, he may go from face to heel, but he's always Shawn Michaels. Yep. Yep. Or Shawn Mike. Or Shawn Mike. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, this match takes place, and I'll be honest, I didn't couldn't watch the whole entire thing. I had to fast forward a little bit, and man, but if Shawn, Shawn Michaels does, can't get a good match out of you, man, it's yeah, time to pack it in. I know, but Shawn does his best. Carl gives us his worst, and Shawn hits a flying elbow and a sweet chin music, and finally puts an end to Kozlov's undefeated singles run. Whew, who cares? <laughs> You know, I get it. TV, I, I get what they're going for. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get what they're going for here. No, like, yeah. you, Shawn Michaels ending a streak before he ends yes. the Undertaker streak, and Kozlov beat Undertaker, but Shawn Michaels beat Kozlov, so they're trying to create mm-hmm. oh some tension there. But like, if if it was almost anybody else on the roster, it'd be right. one thing. But Kozlov is just so bad. He's so green. He's one of we've talked about some bad people on here, and he is one of the worst. Yeah, I mean, it could have been like an even like a, like a Mark Henry, or like with like an undefeated yes. streak since he came back sure. type thing, or something. I mean, somebody that has a name, not this dude, man. I don't know, but anyway, but yeah, like you said, the story's kind of cool. You know, I defeated the guy that defeated you. I'm better than you. I mean, I get that. It's great. You know, I defeated this streak, so now I'm going to defeat yours. It's it's cool, but like you said, the wrong guy, and then. Uh, Cole and King are putting over how the streaks finally ended, and Sean does the old Scott Hall NWO point at the WrestleMania sign over his head, and then gong, the lights go out, take his music hits. He walks out to the top of the ramp and lifts his eyes and looks at Shawn Michaels from under the brim of his hat, which I thought was a cool little just like nuance. He's not angrily staring him down. He just kind of tips his eyes up and looks at him under the brim of his hat. Just the, the small things that guys like him get, you know? Does the throat slash and then flames shoot up around him as he and Sean look at each other and stare each other down. And at this point, man, I'm rubbing my hands together, waiting for this buildup just to get going. I know where it's headed, you know. And even back then, I was like, all right, like, I'm ready for this. I can get on board with this. <laughs> so, Well, let's throw Kozlov in the trash. Let's forget about these past two weeks. And they are basically going to forget about these past two weeks, sure. as we see uh, in the video packages going up to the show. But. Now we're here. Undertaker has been awakened. He's he's taking some PTO, and he's coming back now that he's got his opponent lined up. He opens up SmackDown on March 6th uh, and cutting a promo in the ring saying that... Most of my existence, others have chosen to stay clear of my path. For the fear of the wrath of The Undertaker was a road no one wanted to embark on. I was the one in pursuit of the hunt. I was the one staking the claim. Oh, but how times have changed. And that angers me. So Taker goes on and says, The streak is something that I never speak of. It just so happens that WrestleMania is the night I have chosen to show my peers and the rest of the world what it is The Undertaker represents. Yet there seems to be a need for others to feed their egos and their lust each year as the line to make a name for themselves uh, at my expense. He goes on to say that these endless souls line up year after year and he takes that as a personal insult. So I get Undertaker's addressing this whole game that Sean and JBL yeah. and Kozlov and Vicky Guerrero stepping into it have been making and saying, like, 
I'll be the one who decides <laughs> what happens with my WrestleMania streak. Sure. Which is good. Uh, but he says that uh, the name, uh, well, he says Shawn Michaels' name. He starts to call him out and actually gets some boos from the crowd, man, which is mm-hmm. interesting to hear. They kind of boo him when it comes to The Undertaker. And I oh, think part of it has to do with because they're on SmackDown, too. Like, SmackDown's his show. True. Right? His Taker's show. Because even yeah. in his yard. Yeah, they're in his yard, you know what I'm saying? So I think that part has a part to play in it. Well, he says that he accepts Shawn Michaels' challenge for WrestleMania. And then this was kind of weird, but uh, he looks up to the screen, and we see a highlight video package of basically all of Shawn Michaels' WrestleMania matches through the years. Some great highlights, sure, but uh, apparently Shawn Michaels took some video editing lessons from the big show because I guess he produced... This video, because mm-hmm. after it's over, Undertaker turns back around and says, Very clever, Sean. I know what you're trying to do, but you've chosen the wrong man to play mind games with. It's only going to make worse for you, uh, m- make things worse for you in the end. He says, For 16 WrestleManias, they have come, and for 16, they have fallen, and your fate will be no different. You claim to have made peace within, but Sean, the time for prayer has just begun. And on April 5th, I will truly show you the meaning of what I once told you, Sean. Sometimes it is hell trying to get to heaven. So we see a good shot of Taker with that WrestleMania sign over his shoulder. And this is really the jumping off point for uh, the spiritual, religious, heaven and hell, light and darkness Mm -hmm things that are all going to come into play here throughout the rest of this feud. And uh, it was a really strong promo from Undertaker to get yeah. things started. <clears throat> yeah, it was. And, you know, we talked about this back with the ministry days, like not really a proponent of bringing religious stuff into it. You know, it's just, sometimes wrestling is fun to be an escape from the seriousness of the world and politics and religion and stuff. But, um, you know, it is, it's out in the open. Shawn Michaels came back as a born-again Christian, you know. And so, like, Taker's not – anti that he's just like calling out you know well this is your thing now like well i'm the dark one i'm the you know i'm I'm the evil so i really do like this it's kind of subtle I mean, not well not subtle especially not their interest in wrestlemania but you know it's not going into this over the top cultish crap like we had with the yes. ministry you know so he's not putting you know, sean michaels on the symbol on a symbol <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank goodness uh, that didn't exactly but like you know and, and it makes sense for this feud you know it really does whereas back then it was just so forced and sacrificing and taker was floating and chanting and uh, it's just ugh. anyway I'm trying to block that in my mind but i just want to bring it up because like it really is you know uh it's it's, it's fun stuff it's going to lead to something great here so raw on uh, march 9th sean opens uh, actually opens up raw with a promo in the ring and he's you know he puts over the streak and uh he's going to address taker from smack from smackdown and says you know i'm the showstopper myself uh, which again he says it every week. He says the showstopper, main eventer, headliner. So, which again makes you not forget it. You know, if you cram it down your throat enough, you're gonna, oh, yeah. you know, eventually taste it. So, um, he says he sent Taker a message back on SmackDown as a gift. And you know, I respect you, Undertaker, but I'm not afraid of you. He said you might be 16 and 0 at WrestleMania, but I am Mr. WrestleMania. Streaks are meant to be broken, and nothing lasts forever. And at WrestleMania, something's got to give, which is pretty cool. And uh, the gong hits, the lights go out, we see really quick clips of Taker, uh, and then highlights of all of his 16 WrestleMania wins. I mean, then and they go in order, you know, all of his wins and everything, which we've seen stuff similar to this with the 
the Randy Orton and uh, the Edge and yeah, just past few basically years, they've done that. Mark a lot. Henry, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, this one is pretty cool, and it, and it ends with that quote from Royal Rumble about you know sometimes it's hell getting to heaven. So we come back and we see Taker actually standing in the ring behind Shawn Michaels, and Shawn's kind of staring at the Titantron. And he kind of turns around. He knows what's up. He can feel him behind him. He turns around kind of nonchalantly and goes, Hello, Undertaker. I've been expecting you. Which I just love the arrogance, the subtle arrogance there of Sean. It's just so cool. And um, Taker says, you know, your arrogance has clouded your judgment. You see, I do respect you, but I fought many men that I've respected, and they've all fallen, and you will be no different. And then Sean goes on to say that, you know, we've taken very different career paths and very different personal paths, but now we're at a crossroads. Uh, and I can only think of Bone Thugs and Harmony at this point. Mm, <laughs> See you at the crossroads. What if that was the song for WrestleMania? Bom, <laughs> or the video bom, package? Bom. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. That'd be great. But <laughs> anyway, it's about 13 years too late, but. Anyway, that's um, right on. I mean, there's an ACDC that's, song for this. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's actually right on time for WWE. So, but you know, Sean says, you know, I shouldn't ever, ever have to qualify to meet anybody at WrestleMania. You know, and then we see highlights of you know, kind of his big, iconic matches from WrestleMania: the ladder match with Razor, the Iron Man match with um, <clears throat> Brett. The Flair match with the thing, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I love you, last last year from Flair. And he says, you know, I'm still the showstopper, and I cannot wait for this. And Taker dresses him back. Sean, you've had very epic victories at WrestleMania, but then again, you've also had bitter defeat. And despite all your achievements, the dream you have of defeating me is just that. It's a dream. You know, you concern yourself with being the showstopper and breaking the streak, and you should be concerning yourself with what I'm going to do to you physically and what I'm going to do to your soul. So, you know, Taker's taking a little bit step further here. So he says, I don't need to outperform you, and I don't need to steal the show. But when I take center ring at WrestleMania and I stand before my peers and all of the world, you will then realize I am the most dangerous entity that has ever stepped foot in this ring. Sean, you should have been more careful in what you wished for because now you've opened Hell's Gates. At WrestleMania 25 in Houston, Texas, you will rest. I will rest. Quite comfortably, the evening of April 5th, knowing that I did the impossible, I ended the undefeated streak of The Undertaker. And even though you may have beaten all your other WrestleMania opponents, no this you have never beaten me and you never will and then that's a mic drop right there dude and they stare off sean leaves to his sexy boy music and dude i was just like reliving all that i'm like man what a great point one-on-one sean has two victories over taker uh, that would have been, been what? The Hell in a Cell and the uh, casket match, right? Right. And yeah. the uh, match at Ground Zero was no contest. Right. So Taker's never beaten him, you know, and that's really, really cool, man. So just I'm excited. Sign me up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to watch this. And that promo alone, I mean, Mania could have been that Sunday. I'd have been excited. You know, that, that was that was enough to get me going. But um, 
Full sidebar here. This is also the night that Randy Orton has his fake wife and Triple H breaks in his house and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, the polar opposite of this story. Yeah, line. exactly. Uh, you know, what's great about this is uh, another thing we've talked on the show about before, but these guys, they're not BSing you. They're not. No. Everything they're saying is true. I mean, it yes. is freaking uh, almost 20 years uh, of history and truth to it. He really is Mr. WrestleMania, not just because he says it, but because he literally delivers every time. And Undertaker Mm -hmm. literally has beaten everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Shawn Michaels has literally uh, never lost to Undertaker. So Mm -hmm. it's not Edge and Randy Orton pretending they're going to have the greatest wrestling match ever. (laughs) God bless those guys. I love both of them. But this, man, this works because it's not hyperbole. Exactly. It's not. You can go in record books and see. Those three matches they had, singles on pay-per-view, or even just one-on-one, they, they, Sean won two out of three of them. The other one was no contest. So I love that, man. Because we talked about how Edge was saying last year, you never beat me. That's not true. He right. had beaten him. Yeah. You know? But just for that particular incarnation of Edge, he hadn't beaten that one. Well, this is the same Shawn Michaels from 97. You know, So he hadn't changed personas or anything. You know? Um, so yeah, I, I really love that. Like you said, it's great. Well, some more good news uh, on SmackDown, March thirteenth, two thousand nine. The Undertaker is going to be back in action. He's going to be in the main event. Yes. Bad news is it's going to be against Kozlov yet again. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as, as silly as this is, as annoying as it is to have to see it again, Jr. He shows what a pro he is, and somehow tries to get people to care about this, tries to get him involved in this. He's talking about how Kozlov pinned Taker, Sean pinned Kozlov. Undertaker's trying to avenge his loss here and show he's on the same level as Shawn Michaels. But uh, yet again, man, this match is garbage. Uh, JR calls it bowling shoe ugly, which is his code for not too pretty to watch. Um <laughs> They've had to reduce Kozlov's accolades. You know, he went from being undefeated to being uh, never been pinned. And now he's undefeated on SmackDown <laughs> after losing to Shawn Michaels on Raw. It's like an honorable mention, like at the science fair. Yeah, well, after next week, it's going to have to be like undefeated on SmackDown in the month of February or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, he does lose to the Undertaker. So Undertaker redeems himself, uh, picks up a win um, after a choke slam and a tombstone on Kozlov here. So he uh, gets that win back. And yeah, I mean, not much to say here. Taker looks at the sign, does the Shakespeare pose. And um, we, we got to see Kozlov one more time on Raw. But after that, yeah. goodbye and, and good night forever. Yeah, a good day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that brings us to Raw on Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. It's March 16th. Uh, mm. The show opens up with a huge tag match, blockbuster tag match. We got oh, yeah. JBL and Kozlov against Shawn Mike and Taker, The Undertaker. So big, big match. And again, to me, I was just like, man, what a strange match. But like, honestly, storyline-wise, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, so like, totally. kudos to that because I really do love – you know, following through the story and stuff. So anyway, b- before Sean can even finish his entrance and pose in the ring, Taker's music hit and cuts him off, which is a cool little thing, man. You know, it's just a cool little, oh, I'm going to one-up you here. And um, Taker comes out, and they just kind of stare at each other. And this is your typical 
WWE Strange Bedfellows match where you got the guys are, you know, fighting against each other, tagging together. But a really cool part is Sean opens the match up earlier, and then he's asking for a tag from Taker, but Taker just kind of stands there and not really interested in working with him, you know, not mm-hmm. extending his hand for a tag. And later on, Taker does tag in and decimates Kozlov. Tag team specialist, man. He can't, yeah, man. Absolutely. He can't help himself. <laughs> he can't. He's jonesing for that tag, a hot tag. But – he handles Kozlov, and he kind of stares at HBK like, look what I'm doing, you know, like, can you do that? And that's basically the storyline of this match here. And it ends after Taker winds up hitting the snake eyes, a big boot, a leg drop, and then he's going to motion for the choke slam. He's got his arm way back behind him. And uh, Sean's holding the tag rope, and he jumps up and tags that hand of, of Taker, slips in, pops the sweet chin music on JBL's chin, and steals that pin right there away from The Undertaker. So... Again, it's his typical wrestling WWE one oh one, but it it when done right, it doesn't get old, man. Like I I, totally. I like it. I like I like the teasing the tension between the two good guys thing. So um well after this, Taker goes to uh boot Sean because he's ticked that he, you know, stole his, his pin. But uh Sean scurries out like a heel almost and kind of scurries up the ramp and he's Taker starts to stalk him up the ramp and Sean disappears into the back you know, into the gorilla position. And Taker stops on top of the ramp and turn back to the ring to look over his shoulder. And Sean comes back out and he's standing in the aisle way. And when Taker turns his head around again, boom, sweet chin music spot on right on the chin. And Taker just hit, takes a big old back bump and it's great, man. It's really, really cool. Sean just kind of revels in the crowd. The crowd's kind of leaning more toward booing him here at this point, just because, you know, Taker's Taker, you know, he is who he is. So, um, crowd's kind of oh, kind of booing, but they don't really want to boo him full on because he's Sean. So, but really, really cool to see here. Crowd's going nuts and just like, man, they finally like came in contact with each other. So, Sean's got the one up on Taker here. Yeah, that's what really takes it over the top. It's it's cool yeah. for him to steal the pin, but then it totally surprises you when he comes out yeah. uh, back from from the back and hits that sweet uh-huh. chin music. Really, really cool. Really, really well done. And again, both these guys. Uh, their performances, their acting in this feud is is so perfect. Yeah. Well, because typically you'd have Sean get that, and then you'd have Taker chokeslam him later and get his heat back. You know, But like this, no, Sean got the heat both times. So really something they don't go to a lot nowadays, and I'm glad they did. And it's going to only continue here. Oh, yeah. He's going to – Sean going to keep getting it here. Yeah. Uh, March 20th, 2009. We're closing in. Got a couple more weeks to WrestleMania here. Uh, this is actually the 500th episode of SmackDown. So, yeah. We've had uh, 10 years of SmackDown since 1999 at this point. Undertaker uh, in the main event of the first episode of SmackDown. We uh, don't talk about that as much. Everybody talks about him being in the main event of the first Raw, but he was in the main event of the first SmackDown, yep. too. And he's going to be in the main event of this one as well. Um, or actually, I don't know if it was the main event, but he is on this episode of SmackDown. Uh, as well as Shawn Michaels. Uh, again, the brand lines are being cl- crossed here. Shawn Michaels is going to face the Undertaker's baby brother, Kane, uh, who's going to try to get some vengeance for his uh, for his big brother, the Undertaker here. And uh, this was a good match, uh, good chemistry between these two guys. Of course, Shawn Michaels is going to hit the sweet chin music out of nowhere to get the win here, get a strong victory going into Mania yet again. And Shawn does his pose at the top of the ramp, and he mounts 16-1. and one. So, again, sending a message to Taker. Taker is going to be in action one last time against JBL. Uh, JBL is going to retire in a few weeks at WrestleMania, so... 
Um, from what I can tell, this is the last match these two ever have against each other. And we, you know, going back a few years, we were surprised with how entertained we were with their feud and their matches with each other. So that was one of the fun surprises of doing this podcast was yeah. getting a little respect for JBL. And I was surprised here because JBL is the Intercontinental Champion. I forgot that he had that on the way to WrestleMania here. Because didn't, didn't Punk have it before this? He went it from Punk or William Regal or something. The legacy of it, it bounced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. But anyway, he's going to lose it at Mania in about ten seconds. But we'll get to that in a minute. So, <laughs> well, Taker grabs a mic before JBL comes out and says, "Shawn Michaels, make no mistake about it. You are the prey, and I am the hunter. When you least expect it." You will feel the wrath of the Undertaker. Seems pretty clear cut to me, but JR says on commentary, well, I have no idea what that means from the Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty obvious. Poor JR, he's trying. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Uh, You know, like you said. When you least expect it, yeah. JBL's on his last legs here. Um, he's trying, and it's a it's an okay match. JBL pulls out a figure four for a while on Undertaker, <laughs> yeah. and then Undertaker locks in again the Devil's Gate, and JBL has to tap out. So Undertaker gets a win, gets some momentum. Sadly, though, not for the Intercontinental title here, non-title match. Undertaker just can't get those mid-card belts, man. He has no <laughs> luck. Imagine he won it in those. This match was for the IC title of Mania. How great. That would have elevated the IC title. I know. So I know. The greatest match of all time is that. Seriously. That at WrestleMania. Oh, man. Anyway, well, this sings us to Raw, March 23rd. Um, the lights are on, and they're going to go out, and the gong hits, and Taker's music hits, and he comes out, and uh, excuse me, he's, they, the, light, the lights come up, and he's actually standing in the ring. He's got no hat, no jacket, but he's in the ring in his wrestling gear to address Shawn Michaels in his purple haze around him. And uh, he's got a mic, and he says, you know, your bold and brash behavior has taken this thing between us to a whole new dimension. Your obsession with defeating me at WrestleMania seriously impaired your ability to decipher what is fantasy and what is reality. I heard what you had to say, and yes, it's true. I've never beaten you one-on-one. Never. Not once. But the last time we did do battle, you spent the next five years at home in agonizing pain trying to recover. So... Again, true Truth. statement. Yes. Well, it was four years, but still, you know, still the 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 story there that's not made up. You can go back, you can find that in the history books. That's very true. So he says, "At WrestleMania, Sean, when you stand across the ring from me and you start to question your own faith, and you will just remember." It was you who opened the gates to hell. I mean, I'm, I'm so excited to talk about this match because this, be- this is so good, man. This stuff is so, so great. And then all of a sudden we hear Sexy Boy hit the music and we Sean's music. And then he, he appears on the Titan Tron and he's standing in a bone. I mean, a graveyard, mm. not not quite a bone. Clarify. Yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. I'm clarifying. It's a graveyard. We'll get to that in uh 2020 but sean's in a cemetery and this just really reminded me of you know early stuff we used to cover here on talk and taker and um he says it's kind of him 
uh, I guess a, a video of him kind of walking throughout a cemetery, and he says, you know, in the end, all things must die. The Undertaker's undefeated WrestleMania streak is no exception. And then we see clips of Sean's WrestleMania moments again, and he says that, you know, I kicked you in the face because I've always seized the opportunity and stayed one step ahead. That's why I'm now here on your turf, breathing in the air that you consume. And, you know, and he says, um, you know, on these hallowed grounds, some might call it sacrilegious, but I call it defiance. I respect you, but I'm not afraid of you. Reliving the rotting carcasses of your opponents does not intimidate me. So we're, I guess we're assuming here that Sean, that Taker defeats his opponent's many and then buries him at this graveyard. Yeah, all the same that graveyard in, uh, in Long Island or wherever <laughs> yeah, his parents are buried. His too. parents are. Yeah. 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 So, but, you know, he goes through all Taker's streak matches with an, and he comments on each one as he walks by it to the cemetery, basically. And he says, and here, lo and behold, a fresh grave has been dug. But this grave isn't for me. This is your grave, Undertaker. This is where your undefeated WrestleMania streak will be buried forever. Not just six feet under, but down in the evil depths of hell, which is a Vince McMahon comment, if I've ever heard one. Sure. And then Sean stands right before a 16-1 and tombstone. And he stands behind it, and he gives it a super kick into the grave. So <laughs> kicks the gravestone into the grave. And he says, Undefeated streak. Rest. And he starts shoveling dirt onto the tombstone, and Undertaker is in the ring here, just gritting his teeth, kind of pacing, fuming in the ring, and then Jerry Lawler just hits every hyperbole you can imagine about how crazy this is, and Taker's growling and rolling his eyes, and to me, man, I just, I love this segment, because it had the, the moments of the old school Taker with their actual history together, and I just, I just love it, man, it just, it became more real, you know? You know, everybody loves 1997 Sean, the original DX Sean Michaels. I mean, that stuff is awesome. He's great. This stuff right here, and what I'm going to talk about on SmackDown, this next SmackDown, this might be the best stuff Sean Michaels did in his entire career. Uh, you know, going back and rewatching sure. these promos and this stuff, this might be the peak, the pinnacle. I don't know. Uh, I might, I might say that over the DX stuff. But uh, it's it's I mean, you could have absolutely make a, a, a run for, you know, for that a claim so for that. Good. So it's great. He's so good. And he's awesome here. Very, very memorable Smackdown segment on March 27th, 2009. This is essentially the go home Smackdown uh, as yeah. next week. Smackdown is going to be basically a clip show. But um, here we go. We hear the classic Latin chanting that we've heard from The Undertaker. But then we see some druids coming out cloaked in white instead of in black. So a different look here. Still, as you're watching this back then, you don't know quite what's going on as we see the smoke filling up the arena and you can see on the screens in the background the image of a dove on those video screens. So the druids surround the ring. We hear a choir chanting. So a different tune, a different sound coming from the speakers. And we see these the big letters HBK go up on the screen. Uh, Travis, you pointed out this was <laughs> this could have been what they had originally planned for Mordecai yeah. back in the day. It does look like that, man. It does, man. It really does. Like it reminded me of Mordecai, but like obviously better than that. But like I just like, wow, oh, man, Mordecai's finally coming out. Maybe Sean's gonna sick Mordecai on him, you know? 
That'd have been funny because you know we, uh, JBL brought you know Viscera and uh, Gangrel back from like the dead. Oh, thank so maybe... God it did not happen. <laughs> 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 Shawn Michaels appears at the top of the entrance, and uh, we see an image of a cross behind him too. He's got a outfit very similar to the Undertaker's, except it's the reverse. It's all in white. He's got a big white trench coat, a big white cowboy hat he's even got like these white mma gloves that yeah. taker would wear so he comes down to the ring and takes the hat off he tips it forward just the same way the undertaker usually takes it off and then he looks up at the camera smiling as he sort of flicks the hat into the crowd gives this great look uh, <laughs> it's awesome already without even saying a word and you know that this was i can almost promise you this was his idea Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know Vince has the last day, but I can almost promise you that he and Taker were like, this is what we're going to do. Like, we're going to like, I bet they brought this to, to Vince's. Vince doesn't know what a cross is or what a dove represents <laughs> or what the Bible is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I bet this was like, and he's all in this, man. And it is so cool. And I remember watching this that night, like, or maybe taping it or whatever DVR. But like, I remember watching this. And just being blown away by it. But I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm just so excited, man. Well, I, I agree with you because I doubt Vince could quote the first chapter of Genesis here as Shawn Michaels <laughs> does. He, uh, he, I don't know if he said the entire first chapter, but he says he quotes a lot of it here and yeah. talks about you know the creations of the heavens and the earth and God saying, "Let there be light." Um, beautiful, really well done. He's got it all yeah. memorized. He says his WrestleMania opponent and himself represent darkness and light. And though they have coexisted in WWE for 20 years, they've taken very different paths. They both find themselves at the top of their game. They've both been criticized and praised by our peers and by each and every one of you. But that is where the similarities end. Again, there is truth to that promo. (laughs) That's the beauty of these two guys they are the cornerstones of WWE. These are the two guys that have been there. You know, Sean was hurt for a period of time, but he still never left WWE. He would still be involved. Right. You know, guest commissioner. commentator, commissioner, guest referee, Tiny all sorts McGee. of stuff. Of course. <laughs> but they've both been there, and they've both mm-hmm. had very different styles, very different careers, very different personalities, very different backstage personalities that we've all read about. So a lot of truth to what he's saying here. But Sean takes another path. He says, The Undertaker represents the purest form of evil. He walks amongst the shadows where I thrive in the spotlight. The Undertaker strikes fear in the hearts of all of his opponents, yet here I stand before you unafraid. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. I have victory over death, hell, and the grave. Undertaker, I have eternal life. I got goosebumps right now. (laughs) I'm serious. Dude, I'm serious. Just the, the... That comment about you you walk in the shadows and I thrive in the spotlight. Oh, man. I literally got goosebumps just talking about this. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. No. Sean goes on to quote Psalm 23, uh, verse yeah. 4, and says, Though he walks through the valley of death, he is unafraid because God is with him. And he says, He has eternal life. 
but the same cannot be said about The Undertaker's undefeated streak. So, like you mentioned earlier, Travis, we're playing into the religious overtones here, and that can be really tricky and really messy mm-hmm. and really ugly, and we've talked about it uh, on the podcast before with stuff Undertaker's done, but this is perfect. Man, we, yeah. we all know the reality of faith in Shawn Michaels' life. He's been very overt with it to mm-hmm. see him play into it and use his knowledge and, and quote scripture in an appropriate way in right. this feud. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he's not tag teaming with God or anything like oh, yes. 2006. Yes. But yeah. And then Sean says, when you face the headliner, the showstopper, Mr. WrestleMania, your undefeated streak will come to a grisly end. At the <clears throat> 25th anniversary of WrestleMania, Yours truly, the Heartbreak Kid, will take you to the fiery depths of hell where only I will ascend victorious. So, his ominous music begins to play again, the choir chanting as Shawn bows his head in prayer, and then, classic Shawn Michaels fashion, Sexy Boy begins to play, and Shawn (laughs) strips off this white, uh, 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 white trench coat, white gloves, all this stuff, starts dancing, starts performing in classic Shawn Michaels fashion. But the Undertaker says, uh-uh, not going to have that. He pops up in classic Undertaker fashion from under the ring, from the depths of hell, and grabs Shawn Michaels' leg and starts to drag him down into hell. Uh, he can't quite get him, so Taker crawls out, goes for a choke slam, but Shawn is able to wiggle out of the ring and run to the top of the stage. So once again, Shawn Michaels gets the last laugh. Undertaker is not able to get anything in on Shawn. And Shawn, his music starts playing again, and he starts dancing again at the top of the stage. So, whew, I mean, one of the best segments you'll ever see. One of the best mm-hmm. promos Shawn Michaels ever delivered. We could have just done this and sold the yeah. match on that. That that and the promo from Raw would have been good. Yeah. We didn't have to do any of the JBL Kozlov stuff. We could have no. just came in. You, you could have had my money right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, dude, man, I've never gotten goosebumps on this show. I, I'm, my, my hair and my arm are standing up, dude, just thinking about that promo and stuff. It's just, just oh, this is so exciting. I'm like, a, I'm like a kid again, you know, reliving all this. And I just watched the match the other night. So, uh, well, we're going to go ahead. That's going to take us to the go-home Raw. You know, you said that was basically the go-home SmackDown. The go-home Raw is March 30th, 2009. It's the go-home Raw for WrestleMania 25. We're going to see a casket being dragged out of a hearse. It opens, and Sean pops out. It's like, you expecting someone else? And so, <laughs> you know, just good Shawn Michaels stuff. Again, he's kind of, he really is one step ahead each time, you know, so... Yeah, because really they originally, stuff. they show a graphic at the beginning of the show that we're going to have a funeral for Mr. WrestleMania tonight. Yeah. So we think Undertaker's going to do a funeral segment, but you know when Shawn Michaels pops out of the casket, oh, exactly. it's going to be something a little bit different. Exactly. Yeah, and then we're going to go to the ring with the old Taker music. We got the casket, the flowers, picture of Shawn. Sexy boy hits, and uh, he co- Shawn comes out. Solemnly dressed, he's got all black, black cowboy hat. Looks like a member of Blackhawk from the '90s. I can just hear "Goodbye Says It All" playing over the mm. loudspeaker. Mm. I mean, he looks like a '90s country star yep. <laughs> right here. Uh, turns out, those photos in the ring are pictures of Sean's victories overtaker. There's one of him over, over pinning him from Hell in a Cell in uh, at Bad Blood, and one from him uh, throwing him in the casket at Royal Rumble '98. So, again, that's 
those are the two victories he has one on one over me. I just I love that they're they're not having to make up crap to make the story work. It's real stuff. So Sean grabs a mic and he's talking. Uh, he says, you know, I'm unafraid. You know, all this stuff here in the ring, it isn't for, it isn't for me. It, the the wreath, the casket, this entire procession, it's not for me. It's for you, Undertaker. This Sunday, your undefeated WrestleMania streak will cease to exist. You know, we've had epic battles in the past, and it's, you know, it's always been the headline of the showstopper who's come out on top. In all of your illustrious career, there's one thing you've never been able to accomplish, and that's beat me. This Sunday will be no different. Over the past several weeks, I've super kicked you in the face. I've treaded on the hollow grounds of your graves, which you pointed out is actually hallowed, not hollowed. <laughs> not the so, hollowed ground of your grave. Yeah. You don't want a so, hollow grave. Well, he said he couldn't spell epiphany, so we're not going to say he's the most well-educated man. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I'm a grammar Nazi as well, so yeah, it's the hallowed grounds. But um, At least he, he didn't just, send in the uh, cavalry. Exactly, exactly. Um, and then he said this past week on SmackDown, you know, I showed how my light is going to outshine your darkness. And again, at this point, I can only hear outshine by Soundgarden. So I'm hearing all these musical things mm. as this is happening. So um, he said, I've done it all without the slightest bit of consequence, which, again, is true. He hasn't got Taker hasn't gotten one up on him at all in all of this. So, he's, you know, I haven't got a hint of retribution. And Sean goes to lift the casket lid. And says there will be no retribution, not tonight, not Sunday, not ever. And he's, he takes the fact that Taker doesn't think he can end the streak as a personal insult to himself. You know, it says, this Sunday, every moment over the past 24 years is going to pale in comparison to what I'm going to achieve. The next day, they'll talk about who won the world title. They'll talk about who won the WWE Championship. They'll... Speak of legends and ladders and 70,000 people. But the one moment that will last a lifetime, the single greatest moment that will be etched in their minds forever will be when Shawn Michaels pins The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And at this point, the lights go out, the gong hits, the lights come up, and Taker's in the ring, but Sean is gone at this point. So Taker's kind of frustrated. He's looking around, you know. He starts to tear up the place. You know, he's not he's not satisfied with the way the funeral's been set up here, so he's knocking the flowers and the pictures down, and he slowly kind of turns his head back to look at the casket. Slowly walks over there to open it up. He opens it up. Sean's not inside, though, which is what you'd expect here. That mm-hmm. just... That's typical. Seen it a million times. Exactly. We've seen it so much. So Taker turns away to walk, and then Sean actually crawls out from under, like the the stand that take that the casket was on, and he crawls out from under. It's behind Taker. Taker turns around. Sean drops him with the sweet chin music again. He then starts crotch chopping like it's 1997, <laughs> and he's just going nuts, man. He's having the time of his life, and Taker is just kind of writhing around in the ring as Sean leaves and. Taker's kind of able finally to pull himself up and kind of stare at Sean. Uh, and he's up the ramp, his music's playing. And I just, in my notes, I just wrote, like, I don't think we've ever seen someone get all the heat on Taker going in. In fact, over the last probably, since he's come back as the American BA, and so like seven, nine years, he's pretty much gotten the last lap going into any feud he's ever had, in yeah. the, into any match. Like, 
he always stands tall. And then he goes on, and whether he wins or loses the pay-per-view match, he stands tall in the show before that. But this dude, Sean, is owning him, this whole feud. He really is. Um, and another little side sidebar I want to just point out is that they got, you know, this is the year that Stone Cold goes in the Hall of Fame. And his highlight video is Cult of Personality. Which, I remember that. You know, which yeah. is CM Punk's, you know, theme song he used in the Indies, and he'd bring back in 2011 when he gets it finally. But I just thought that was peculiar and pretty neat, you know, because that's an idol of his, you know. So anyway, pretty cool, but great final Raw. Great again, Sean getting all the heat on Taker. Taker not able to do anything to the younger, quicker Shawn Michaels, you know. Yes, and again, a great example of the story being told. You know, there's there's been some physical interaction. Sean's gotten a couple sweet chin musics, but very very little in ring stuff between these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, no pinfalls over each other. No tag team matches against each other. Right. Nothing like that. Man, uh, they've kept them separated. They've been separated for I guess um, it's been. 11 years since they've faced off one-on-one in the ring. We've had the teases in the Royal Rumble, but really mm-hmm. that's it, which is, again, incredible with how many pay-per-views there are and just the fact that they've been there this whole time. It's been amazing that they've been able to keep them apart for this long. And since, like, the brand split originally happened in 2002, I mean, once Taker, I mean, we know Taker was on Raw as Ric Flair's first pick, but once he went to SmackDown that fall, he hasn't left. And Sean's been on Raw. Sean never went to SmackDown, like, as a quote-unquote full-time roster member. They're the staples of those shows, you know? We talked about it with 2008, how Sean anchored Raw with Jericho and Taker anchored SmackDown with Edge, you know? So they are the tent poles of their shows, you know? So pretty cool stuff, and I just I love it. That's so well done. Um, we can go ahead and skip to the pay-per-view because, like we said, there's nothing really on this SmackDown on April 3rd. They did this for a few years, and this was one of the first years they did it where they are live from WWE Access, and then they've got some uh, some pre-taped matches uh, from one of the SmackDown tapings. So no appearances from Taker and Sean. Of course, we got a highlight video for the match and a recap of that uh, angle from Raw on Monday. Uh, but this is actually Taz's last uh, episode of SmackDown, last time in the WWE. Uh, I guess he goes over to Impact uh, pretty shortly after this to TNA. So we're going to get a change in commentary and uh, we're going to get a nice commentary team for WrestleMania. But, man, but before we talk about WrestleMania 25... I'd like to talk about the pre-show real quick, Travis. Um, All right. (laughs) Because like I mentioned, we talked about Kozlov a bunch on this episode. And I just wanted to point out that Vladimir Kozlov, this guy who has been featured prominently, very, very prominently on TV Mm -hmm. for six months, mid in the main event with Triple H and Jeff Hardy, Big Show, Edge. Edge, been in that Elimination Chamber match, got a clean pin over The Undertaker, which... Very, very few people in the history of professional wrestling can ever say. Not only does he is he on the pre-show, not on the WrestleMania card, he's a lumberjack in the tag team lumberjack match. Oh, man. He's not even in the match, doesn't even get an entrance. He's just one of the random lumberjacks along with 
like Hawkins and Ryder and um, you know, our, probably you know, Primo Go- and Epico. Yeah, and <laughs> Primo and Ep- Well, they're in the match. Or Primo, Primo and Carlito, Carlito are in oh, the yeah. match. That's Jimmy right. Wang Yang, Shannon Moore, like Tommy Dreamer, people like that, man. Like, I think the guy That's sucks. crazy, dude. But it's just shocking to me that. Yeah, why waste all this time and television time and fan Not even time. in Money in the Bank or anything. Like, you yeah. could have put him in anything. But uh, <laughs> it just blows my mind. What a waste That's of crazy, time. crazy, man. Yeah, seriously. What a waste indeed. So, ugh, well, we did not watch that pre-show, I don't think. Did no, we? we didn't see that pre-show, but uh, we definitely saw this show together, man. April 5th, yeah. 2009. Reliant Stadium in Houston, Texas. So they're back in Houston after eight years. Uh, WrestleMania 17 was in Houston at the Astrodome. This is the new Reliant Stadium. And uh, yeah, we watched this at my parents' house. Had a nice big party in the living room. All our buddies were there. Um, actually have a couple pictures I'll, I'll put on social media from we got, Sweet. I, the big giant Baldino's six foot yes. sub. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend at the time made us a cookie cake for the, yes, she did. Uh, yes. I have a picture of that for the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania, right? That's what this is. Absolutely not. My friend. What? Absolutely. This is the 25th WrestleMania, right? It is the 24th anniversary of WrestleMania. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh my word! I, it drives me crazy, man. You're saying if not. I'm I got married in 2014, which anniversary is coming up in 2020? No, you tell me. <laughs> oh no! Are you going to go WWE time or what? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah this is actually yeah this is the last uh, WrestleMania we watched together in Augusta because I got married this year, like later on in 2009. Yeah. Four later, so which right? anniversary so, yeah. is coming up for you? So I got married in 2009. So 2020 would be my 11 year anniversary mm. right yeah yeah that makes sense yeah yeah the my my, my 11 I don't years count the day the i got day. married as the first one ah, no, this is yes. yeah 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 they're counting wrestlemania like one as if it's the first anniversary no it, that's the first one wrestlemania 2 was the first anniversary of wrestlemania 1 yes you can't do that that's no. not how math works <laughs> it's like so. when you're born you're you're not one you're you're zero yeah. years old i know yeah. the first wrestlemania is wrestlemania one and this is the 25th wrestlemania right but it's not the 25th anniversary no of exactly that, it's the 24th anniversary of the first wrestlemania yeah it is still wrestlemania 25 but that dude i remember it drove me crazy back then it drives me crazy now wrestlemania 30 was not the 30th anniversary there will never be there will always be one less of anniversary number. So, anyway, Vince gone events, man. Yeah, Vince maybe gone Vince gone events. But yeah, like I said, this is the last one we got to watch in our hometown together because since then we've watched quite a bit together. But it hasn't ever been in Augusta again, has it? No, nope, that was a no. tradition for a few years at your apartment um, and then at, at my house. So uh, we, yeah, many many years watching WrestleMania together somewhere in Augusta, but. Uh, yeah, you moved away after that. Yeah, I moved uh, the end of May, the next no, the next month. I would have moved to, to Nashville and then got married in August. So, yeah, we'll get to that later on. But, um, yeah, this is the last one we got to watch together there. But, yeah, great time. What great a treat. Cookie cake. What a treat. Cookie cake. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited to see those pictures you got. Yeah, yeah, I'll post them up there. Well, we get a classic WrestleMania opening video package. This has a bunch of guys on the card talking about their favorite WrestleMania moments across the past 25 years and 
Well, everyone else picks classic WrestleMania matches like Hogan Andre, Savage Steamboat, Warrior Hogan, the ladder match. Chris Jericho's answer is, of course, every WrestleMania I've ever been in. <laughs> so, <laughs> so good. I know he's being a heel and playing a character, but that's also the truth. <laughs> so, a little bit true for him. He still to this day thinks he and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 19 is one of the best matches. It, it's underrated. I love that match. It is a great match. I absolutely love that match. Still. Definitely. So, but the main event was great, too, that night. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, well, uh, Shawn Michaels says in the video package that he's going to end the streak tonight because he owns WrestleMania. And then the real man who owns WrestleMania, The Undertaker, he ends the video package, rolling his eyes in the back of his head, saying, WrestleMania. Exactly. And then we cut to Nicole Scherzinger from the Pussycat Dolls and from the Masked Singer to uh, <laughs> who sings us America the Beautiful. So there wow. you go. <laughs> All right. I don't even know who this woman is. I'll be honest with you. I have no idea who that is. That's okay. So, good for me. I didn't back then either, so I'm proud of myself for 10, 11 years later. I have no clue who this pop culture person is. But anyway, so we're going to get to this match. We're going to, like you said, we're going to have a unique commentary team. We're going to have JR, Cole, and King. Because again, we got SmackDown in versus Raw here. And I guess, I wonder if we would have had a four man booth with Taz, but he got canned. So He's out of here. Um, I've heard him talk about when he, why he got fired. He didn't get to call Mania, but he was a little frustrated. But I forgot why he said, so I don't want to misquote him. But anyway, um, so this match is actually going to go on after Joker Mysterio uh, comes out and beats JBL in like 21 seconds, and JBL quits WWE. And I was so excited back then because I hated JBL. <laughs> so were you. We were all it super excited. Yeah, it was perfect heel stuff. But Good. that match was 21 seconds, man. <laughs> And, like, kudos to JBL for going out that way, too, you know? Like, and I think there's a reason that match is so short. We'll get into it because I'm going to be honest with you guys. I listened to the Talk is Jericho um, episode where Marty Elias, he's the referee for this match between Sean and Taker, and he kind of peels back the curtain on a lot of stuff and uh, explains some things and puts himself over quite a bit on it. You know, I mean, Did you listen to it, too? Uh, I did as well. I did as well. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he it does sprinkle in some some fun tidbits as well. Yeah, um, if you and are able to get in. through him ranting uh, and uh, exposing his dirty laundry yeah, with the exactly. WWE, which you know yeah. to each their own. But uh, yeah, the actual fine. watch along that he does for the match is really cool because you don't, I mean, you don't often hear from referees. I, I guess Jimmy right. Corderas, he has his own show, but or something radio TV. I don't know. Yeah, I've never he's listened in Canada to Canada or something. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you don't often hear from referees especially about specific matches. So that, that was right. a very, you know, for as many wrestling podcasts as I've listened to, it, it was interesting to hear that perspective. Exactly. About a match. Some cool stuff you don't really think about. Yeah. And it's, and it's given another person's perspective who was actually in the match of the greatest match of all time. You know? yes. So I thought it was pretty cool. We'll sprinkle that stuff in here as we go. But like I said, this match is third from the top. So we got only the only match after these only two matches after this are the world title and WWE title matches. So pretty good placement. Yeah, to me, I think that was the right decision at the time. Like, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people debate the same thing with uh, Rock and Hogan going under the yeah. Triple H Jericho match, saying that should have gone on top, and people say this should have gone on top. Well, in hindsight, yeah, of course, right. as great as this match was, it should have gone on top. But, you know, it is under the two world title matches. Um, mm -hmm. And... You know, they've had non-title matches close the show, I mean, since this, but really not before this. And so I get it. Um, people didn't realize this was going to steal the show the way right. that it did. And I'll just confess, man, um, 
I remember back in day, back in 2009, I was really not all that hyped for this match. Like, going, because maybe I didn't watch all this storyline stuff. I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering, but I just remember vividly thinking, Shawn Michaels Undertaker, I've seen it before. It's great. Yep. It's awesome. I, I love both those guys, but it's like at that time, I was kind of think I was kind of over Undertaker. Um, you know, I respected him. I loved him. It's just like, man, uh, I either want him to face a younger guy or something. And and I was, I also, there was not a lot of suspense for me because no part of me thought Shawn Michaels was going to break the streak. Like if anybody's going to break the streak, it's going to be a young guy. It's not going to be mm. Shawn freaking Michaels who's about to retire. He's not going to be the one who breaks the streak. So, you know, I thought it'd be a good match. I guess I wasn't thinking in my head how great their chemistry had been in the past. Right. And so for some reason, I was just not the same level of hype as, as you said you were. But obviously, they're going to exceed my expectations. Yeah, well, I mean, I remember being excited for it. I, I remember I was really following wrestling again real closely at this time. I remember watching the, the you know, the White Knight of Shawn Michaels promo and everything like that. I remember watching all that and just being excited. But yeah, I, I wasn't as excited as I am now with hindsight being 2020, yeah. you know, but, um, I do remember just being like, Sean's the best that there is like since Ric Flair, like he's, he's the best and takers taker. But like you said, you know, I didn't really think Sean was going to break the streak either, but I didn't know they were going to come pretty close and have everybody in the arena bite on it. But we'll get to that too. Um, but yeah, so, uh, this match is going on third and or third from the top, but, uh, a little talk is Jericho fact here. The referee, Marty Elias, actually says the match was scheduled for third on the card, and they only had 15 minutes. So the Thursday before Mania, they're discussing it, and Taker and Taker actually, he says, Taker asked Sean, hey, how long have you been with this company? And Sean's like, well, most of my life. You know, I think he was like 20 or 21 when he started there. Well, he's really young. Yeah, so, rockers. Um, yeah, and then Taker's like, you know, I've been with the WWE longer than most of my ex-wives you know, combined. So <laughs> he's like, you know, this ain't going to fly. And so apparently I think Michael Hayes and Fit Finley were the uh, agents for the match. And Hayes was like, all right, all right, all right, I'll be back, I'll be back, I'll be back. So he goes and comes back, and suddenly they got 30 minutes. So, yeah. what? Why was that not the plan from the get-go? I mean, <laughs> right. <Oops>. It's... <laughs> Uh, as if they weren't going to go 30 minutes, whether they right. had the time for it or not. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's um, and one of those things, you know, you don't always think about when they say, all right, well, you got 30 minutes. That always that includes entrances. So yes. like if when people talk about they've got five minutes for their match, they got to do their entrances in that point, yeah. too. So and for an Undertaker, Shawn Michaels match, this is 10 minutes of entrance. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, if, if they had a 15-minute match starting on the card, that match would have been six minutes It would have been like the Cena match from a couple yeah, of years ago. it really would have. So in my opinion, that, from what I surmise, that's why the JBL Mysterio match got, boom, makes a lot of sense. snapped down. It makes sense now, you know, listening to he hearing kind of what was playing on behind the scenes. But anyway, that's just a little bit of kind of context where we are here. That's going to bring us to the actual match itself and the entrances. So Yeah, we get a video package, uh, basically what they showed on SmackDown before this, and basically ignores JBL and Kozlov's entire involvement in the feud, which is fine. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but we hear that same choir chanting that we heard during Shawn Michaels' promo on SmackDown a couple weeks ago, and just get a beautiful, beautiful entrance. We see the top of the stage, and Shawn Michaels on this super tall 
platform, smoke and light, and he's dressed, again, all in white. He's got that white hat, that white trench coat on, and he's got his hands up uh, almost in prayer as he's descending from the heavens with his eyes closed. And it's just this incredible, incredible visual And all we hear is that heavenly music because the announcers lay out during this. Yeah. They're not talking over it. And so it takes a little while for Sean to hit the ground. But as soon as he does, boom, sexy boy comes on. The music changes. His pyro goes off. And the heartbreak kid starts dancing out and doing his posing and doing his entrance here. So, so, so good. Yeah, so perfect. Such a perfect, such perfect Sean, just going from that angelic presence to just the cocky, brash Shawn Michaels we all know and love and hate at the same time. You know, uh, like you said, one of the best parts is the way that commentary is laying out here. I just love they let it, they just let it breathe. And you got to lay out, you got to know when to lay out. That's the art of good commentary is knowing when to shut up and not say anything. And they really did here. I I, I mean, I applaud them because Cole is very, uh, I don't know. It took him a long time to get there. Michael Cole, he's, <laughs> he's talking over everybody's interests, but he, he lets it lay out right here, and I love it. And Cole finally does talk as Sean gets in the ring, and JR gives us you know some numbers, and some irony in the numbers game here. He says this is Shawn Michaels' 16th WrestleMania, and The Undertaker is 16-0 at WrestleMania, which is a really, really neat fact. They haven't pointed out yet, and I just love how JR did his homework, you know? So, neato gang. Good job with that, so... Um, yeah, I actually love this commentary team, especially for this match. Great. It's for this point in time where JR's kind of, you know, he, he's getting up there in the age. He's still he's still the lead guy, but you got Cole yeah. there to kind of keep things going and, and King's still there. I think that's a great three man, but yeah. I wish we'd have seen more of it during this time. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's I really, really this. enjoyed this. Yeah. Um, and Sean's posing with turnbuckles and posing in the ring and, you know, soaking in the love of his home state because they're in Texas. This is I mean, Taker's from Houston, you know, and Sean's from San Antonio, you know, so this is the home state for both these guys. And um, but King gets a good point here. He's like, you know, there's a lot of 16 and one signs in the crowd, you know, so a lot of people are, you know, pulling for Sean as well here. think he might do it. So pretty, pretty cool. Nice little, you know, uh, analysis from King, who's normally not really on spot with us. He's (laughs) more there for the comment relief and the Bobby Heenanisms, you know. But yeah, he steps up to the occasion here. Great, great moment next. You pointed it out. It happened on Raw a few weeks ago where Shawn Michaels' music is playing and The Undertaker cuts it off with his gong. And it happens here again at WrestleMania. How many times have we seen Undertaker make somebody wait? Their music Mm -hmm. goes off and it's just silence. And we hear the crowd and the person has to wait for them. This is different. Shawn Michaels' sexy boy is still playing gong cuts it off so he you can tell he's he's pissed you know he's yeah (laughs) he's upset he's not messing around here and so in a perfect moment of symmetry the same exact place where Shawn michaels descended from the heavens the undertaker rises up from the underground um there's no flame it's not like the brood so it's not quite coming up from the depths of hell but no one man coming up down from the light, one man coming up from the darkness into the arena. Just, I mean, I would say absolutely the best one-two punch of entrances in WrestleMania sure. history. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, without question, it's just so good. I mean, Sean has one of my favorite entrances of all time at WrestleMania 12. Just the zip line, just that's awesome. Sure. But like, as far as one-two, like you said, one both opponents making a statement. 
this was awesome. And this is this is one of those matches and it, where it takes wrestling to another level. Like it's just this is the entertainment aspect. This is the storytelling, not just the athletic combat, which this match is going to have that as well. But it takes everything about pro wrestling, NWA style, dirty wrestling, plus the pomp and circumstance and flair of the WWE, the entertainment, and it puts it all into the best package you could possibly get. And this is WWE production and attention to detail at its finest, man. So Yeah, I watched um, the special on the network. Uh, they, they It was when the network first started, WrestleMania Rewind. They yeah. did a bunch of episodes of that, and they did an episode on this match. Um, and it's, it's not like essential viewing or anything. I just want to see no. if there's any cool tidbits in there. And uh, my favorite thing in it was Road Dog was talking about these two guys facing each other. And he said... You know, talking about them both being the two cornerstones of WWE and how their entrances were and how Shawn Michaels' music hits, it's like, oh, yeah, Shawn Michaels. He's coming out, mm-hmm. he's dancing sexy boy. And Undertaker's music hits, it's like, oh, under this guy, oh, it's going <laughs> yeah. down. So it's like the two parallels here yeah. of these two guys. I like how he kind of, you know, phrased it. That's with- <laughs> great, yeah. Look at that road dog coming in with some analysis, so... And my only, if I have to nitpick, my only thing is the the commentary shoving the symbolism down our throats. That's the only thing that I dislike about the commentary spot on, the whole production spot on. But like, it's just very much like, hey guys, you get it? He's coming out of hell. He's dark. Sean's an angel. He's got, you know, Christian symbolism. Do you guys get it? Hello? (laughs) Hello? Earth Earth and Matilda? Hello? I'm like, yeah, I got it. But that being said, it's beautiful stuff. And JR tells us, you know, Taker began his WrestleMania streak at WrestleMania 7. Uh, you know, Sean beat Brett in the first ever Iron Man match, and he retired Ric Flair last year. And then, you know, he's Taker's making his interest down there, and he gets on the uh, – he, he stands out there, and he, he raises the lights and gets in the ring, and he never, ever takes his gaze off of Sean, which I really love. Yeah, and as JR points out, Shawn Michaels' biggest wins, like you said, King points out, well – that's great and all, but nothing compares with 16-0, and 0, which is really the story of this match. Mm. You've got the guy who claims to be Mr. WrestleMania against the guy with the actual WrestleMania streak here. And yeah. i got to say, both these guys look fantastic. They're in great shape, great tans. They both hit the tanning <laughs> bed, man. Um, I love both their gear. I, I, yeah. You, people may disagree. This is my favorite Shawn Michaels gear this and WrestleMania 12 are my two favorite mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels yep. attires of all time. Um, I don't know if that's controversial or not. I know a lot of people don't like the like the chaps pants that he wears during this period, but man, this right here is perfect. Yeah, it's great, man. And the uh, you know the symbology of the angel wings on it and everything, and the way it's white and gold, and it's mm-hmm. just I mean that's not an accident. All of that's on purpose to tell a story. I mean, think about that. This guy put his money into that. Just tell a story here of the dark versus light stuff. And, you know, it's just great. And me being a huge Star Wars fan as I am, too, like the dark side, light side stuff is really fun for me to see, too. I I just love it. And um, that's probably not the last Star Wars-ism I'll make when we get to this match. I'll make some more. But anyway. It's the most basic uh, storytelling, but it works. That's why it works. Yeah, exactly. It's not overcomplicated. So. And another thing that works is Sean, he's really selling the whole I'm not intimidated thing. I mean, he's just kind of staring at Taker, just very stoic, staring at him. And 
Taker looks like he's just seething in the corner. Like you said, he's ticked off. He didn't make Sean wait for his interest. He's getting in there. He's getting things done. He's ready to go and get this brash, young, arrogant, you know, not a kid anymore, but just brash, young, arrogant guy who thinks he's better than him. And uh, JR even puts an uh, exclamation point on that and says, look at this. We got one set of eyes is defiant. The other is destructive. And I just, I love that. You know, I love that commentary. The crowd is electric as the bell rings. And these two guys circle each other. Uh, Sean actually strikes first. Man, he comes in strong with some chops. That's going to be his go-to offense here in the early <laughs> yeah. part of this match. He has a ton of chops on Taker. And he's using his speed. He's a chop house. He is, man. <laughs> he's using his speed to keep Undertaker on his toes early on. He's ducking a lot of Undertaker strikes, coming back, hitting his own chops on him. And uh, that's going to be the, the early storytelling here in this part of the match. Yeah, and this is different than the 97 stuff where Taker was still – he was wrestling more and more wrestling, but he was still kind of had some of that, you know, uh, Jason Voorhees uh, type, you know, slow plotting stuff. He still was that character back then. So Sean used to do this back then in 97, and then in 2007 as they finished off the Rumble, they had a match more reminiscent of this, you know. Um, but again, like I said, the seeds for this match were planted back in 07 in that, in that Rumble, and then they had it again starting off at 08. And then the Rumble this year where Taker made that comment to him. And then it's just so good, man. And like you said, they're going to get into it. Irish whip, duck, Taker grabs um, Sean and goes to punch him and throws Sean in the corner. And when he does, Sean like bounces up on the top rope and hits him, stands on the middle rope and does a crotch chop (laughs) and jumps over Taker's head, which again, Sean is feeling it at this point. He's, you know, doing the DX thing here and, uh, but when he jumps over Taker, he lands and he feigns a knee injury. You know, he's holding his knee and kind of feigning it and kind of pulling the ref like, no, 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 I, you know, I, I, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. Taker kind of walks over and Sean just jumps on him with a Luthez press and uh, punching him in the head like he's stone cold. But Taker gets his hands up, you know, like 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 this is a real fight. Gets his hands up like you would if someone's punching you in the face, you're gonna put your hands up. Absolutely, Shawn Michaels doing a little subtle heel stuff here, man, with the crotch chops, mm-hmm. with faking the injury and. Um, we're going to see it throughout the match. So he's, you know, uh, at no point is the crowd against Shawn Michaels. They're, no. they're pretty even for both these guys, but Shawn's playing a little dirty. You know, he's yeah. he's going to do what it takes to get the to get the win here, learning from the uh, dirtiest player in the game uh, who he retired a couple years ago. So mm-hmm. there's all these layers. There's all these things you can pull in if you want to. Uh, you can see all this extra stuff in there if you want to see it. So... Uh, Undertaker puts Shawn into the corner, whips him across to another corner across the ring, but Shawn Michaels reverses, hits some more chops, uh, all the chops you can handle here. And like I said, this crowd is split. Half the crowd is chanting Undertaker, the other half is chanting HBK. So they're going back and forth. Great electric atmosphere here. You know, they say a lot of times for these dome shows, these giant, enormous domes, the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the crowd kind of... The sound goes up. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, You can't quite hear it at that same level, but not in this, man. I I don't know if this (laughs) dome's built differently or just this match is so special. Uh, This crowd, you can hear them loud and clear. They're electric the whole time. They are, and they help make this match. This match would have been great no matter what, but this match with this crowd in this place makes it even better, and I'll talk more about that later on um so yeah irish whip sean flips up a turnbuckle like like you, you know it's his signature spot you know flipping up and kind of back down and taker hits him with a 
huge back body drop. I mean, he goes probably 64 feet high in the air if you're asking <laughs> Michael Cole. So um, Taker comes over and then shows off his power game and gets him up for a press slam just over his head. He's not, you know, Taker's not really big into power moves, you know, like like a Mark Henry or whatnot, but he press slams Sean over his head and throws him down and then elbows him and then Taker goes for the first cover of the match, you know, always ready to get the, the match oh, yes. over with. You know, don't worry about the hour, baby. So, <laughs> <laughs> Taker gets a one count off of that and uh, yeah. wrenches the arm again, goes up for old school again and connects it here. Uh, then Taker, it's kryptonite, man. I say it every time. He goes for the running big boot mm-hmm. into the corner. Of course, it misses. And Sean hits some shots to Undertaker's knee. And then Sean hits a kick to the back of Undertaker's head to take him down and goes for a figure four. So we saw JBL do it in the buildup. Thought he was going to go for a sharpshooter here, and I think the crowd does that too. Uh, Taker blocks it but sh- uh, at first, but Sean does lock it in right there in the middle of the ring. And JR points out he's never seen the Undertaker submit, but Shawn Michaels trying to wear him down here. Yeah, it's weird. He puts his he puts the like the, the folded leg underneath the other knee instead of over the top of it like Flair does. But it's still, I mean, it's the same essentially the same move, but pretty cool. But yeah, Taker's selling it real well, you know, because Sean's kind of you know kicked his leg out from under him, kicked his leg out of his leg, if mm. you if you will. I will. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you will, always will. I'm kick your leg out of your leg. But anyway, um, you know, Taker's really selling the agony, and he's got his shoulders on the mat a couple times, so the refs counting. You know, one two. Taker sits up and Taker tries to fight out and they kind of go back and forth and Taker finally, finally is able to punch out of the hold. But one of my favorite parts of this whole thing is that he fights. He he sells. He he sells the whole time. He's not just laying down with his hand over his mouth like I'm in pain. He's rolling around. He's he's writhing around. He's acting like he's trying to get out of it, like like you would if you were actually in it. And that's one thing that again, Sean's gonna do it later. Sean always does it. AJ Styles is about the only guy that does it nowadays, you know, that really gets into that. No matter what you're doing, he's acting like he's getting out of it. So really good selling from both of these gentlemen because they know what they're doing. Uh, yes, let's call them gentlemen, as we should. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a gentleman's game. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> um, Sean hits like a – glass up the place a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, Sean hits like a low drop kick to take his knees and takes him down – then goes up top and, uh, <laughs> you know, my one of my rare nitpicks on this match, I don't know what he's going for here. He goes for something, jumping off the top rope. <laughs> it's not really clear, but Undertaker catches him. It's one of those things in wrestling. Yeah. But, uh, Taker catches him, rams him into the corner, uh, gets some shots in the corner, some running splashes into the opposite corner. Uh, Taker starts rolling those moves of doom, you know, snake eyes, big boot, leg drop. All those classic taker spots. Gets a two count and does a lazy cover, man. He does not hook the leg. Just goes <laughs> yeah. for a crossbody cover. And it only gets a two count, man. Uh, mistake from the dead man. Taker's going to get up with that after that lazy pinfall, like you said. And he's going to motion for the choke slam. He goozles Sean. But Sean's going to actually reverse it into a crossface. Takes Taker down. Mm. Has him in a crossface, which, again, is the move that Sean tapped out to at WrestleMania 20, right? So five and years before that kind of uh taking it over really since crispin was yeah he, death. Tri- he didn't use it all the time yeah. but he did use it a few times before this yeah he and triple h both would pull it out randomly like you know during since that time so and i'm glad it wasn't anybody's like actual finisher anymore because that's just right. it's yeah, too ingrained with benoit probably, but i love when they pull idea. it out every now and then yeah yeah 
And JR mentions, you know, Sean has tried two different submissions now, the figure four and the crossface. So he's just trying anything he can to get Taker to, to submit or to, to, you know, just to wear him down, basically. So Taker's going to roll Sean over on his back while he's still in the move and kind of get like a, like a cradle pinfall. Gets a two count. Sean rolls back up, still has him in the crossface. But at this point, Taker's able to use his power game, get up to his feet while he's still in the move. And hit a big old, uh, almost like like a cane side slam for a two count. Or a, <laughs> I always think of Kevin Nash always doing that move. Sure. The sit out side slam. So does that. And again, if, if Sean's holding you, I mean, if Taker's holding you up that high, you're way off the ground, man. Like when he's oh, dropping God. you. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sean and Taker trade some strikes as they get back up on their feet. Uh, Sean hits a running elbow that sends both these guys down. And Sean hits a classic kip up. Gets back up on his feet, and Undertaker's kind of struggling to get back up to his feet. So Sean sort of—I don't know if you call it his moves of doom—but he hits it's like nice combo of offense: uh, Manhattan drop, chop, another drop, another chop, big clothesline, and goes to the top rope. But Undertaker sits up. Uh, crowd is going crazy. Taker catches Sean jumping down with a goozle, goes for a choke slam, but Sean slips out, goes for sweet chin music. And this was really cool. Undertaker actually bumps down. He, like, ducks out of the way of the sweet yeah. chin music before Sean can hit it uh, and kind of blocks it in that sense. But Sean capitalizes. He tries to go for figure four, and Taker turns that into Hell's Gate. So a little bit of chain wrestling, if you yeah. will, right here. Really, really cool sequence. And think about it, too. I mean, Taker's been dropped by Sweet Chin Music twice in this buildup. Yes. You know, once on the stage and once by the casket. Mm-hmm. So, Great dropped point. twice by. So, he knows that. And that move has been put over. You know, that's usually not like a near fall move. That's a finish move. Sean right. beat JBL with that move. He beat Kozlov with that move. He defeated Kozlov's undefeated streak in singles competition on WWE television, or whatever the thing was, with that move. So, that move <laughs> is a finishing move. And Taker is not afraid of it, but he knows that move can lay him out because when he got laid out on the stage and in the ring, he didn't just get up and hold his chin. He laid there on his back. So that's not lost on me that he's putting that over. So he knows this kick's coming at me. I'm going to fall on my back to evade it. You know, so then, like I said, Sean going for that and him reversing it into the Hell's Gate, that crowd bites on that move so hard because that that move's undefeated nobody it's gets out of that been established you know? over the past couple years that's what yeah, he won WrestleMania last year with exactly you know so huge pop from houston at that point sean does quickly get to the rope because that's the only way you're getting out of that otherwise you're going home with blood in your you know in your throat so you know <laughs> but dude this the crowd bit so hard on that oh my god submission man and i just i'm over here in my house just like, like i've seen this match i've seen it multiple times but i'm roaring because i'm biting on it too just as a fan just going back and watching it it's just it's so good the way these guys take you on a ride you know and the crowd you know this match would be awesome in a bubble like you could just imagine an empty arena like they're doing raw these days and it would still be really good but this crowd is it kind of adds like the extra star to this Mm -hmm. to this match and really pushes it into five stars with how much they're into it from moment one. Like we've a lot of Undertaker matches, we've seen crowds start slow into, mm-hmm. uh, and that's not anybody's fault. That's not Undertaker's fault. No. It's just you know sometimes it takes a little while to rope the crowd in. But for some sure. reason, man, this crowd is into it from from Jump Street. Well, that's a perfect opportunity for me to talk about what I kind of been alluding to. Is so 
the crowd. So, you know, you go to a big movie premiere, whether it's The Force Awakens, the first Star Wars movie in a long time, or whether it was Jurassic World, the first, you know, the new Lost World, or, you know, a new, a big tentpole movie, the new Batman, the new Avengers movie, you know, Endgame, whatever. You go to that opening night. Who's there with you? The hardcore of hardcore. Exactly. So you watch this movie, they're reacting to all the little funny quips, the little Easter eggs that are planted in that movie. They're popping for everything. They're literally clapping at stuff. When the movie ends, if it's great, the fans will get up, they'll clap. They're the uber fans, the uber nerds, the guys who live, breathe, sleep, drink this stuff. You know, um, That's what WrestleMania crowd is. Typically, you know, they're not really a lot of casual. Although, if you are a casual fan, you're probably more likely to go to WrestleMania than anything else. But still, it's not like, oh, WrestleMania's here. I think I'll go. Like, you plan this a year in advance. You get your tickets. You fly, whatever. So these are the hardcore fans. So I watched this match the other night, and I'm taking my notes. And I was like, I wonder if I'm just so hyped about this match because <laughs> because I'm here with all. And, like, when, when you and I were there until now I'm watching it at your parents' house, like, we're the Uber nerds. We're there. Like, I wanted to see, like, like sometimes that's how you can test a movie. It's like, was the Avengers good because I was there opening night with all the nerds? Yes. But was it good the second time I watched it by myself at home or like, you know, three weeks later after everybody's already seen it? Yes. Avengers was awesome. You know, whatever. Like, I've talked about The Dark Knight. I watched it nine times in theater. It was so good to me on repeat. So, like, this match has that replayability factor. Like, But the crowd makes it, you know, that first night. So, I hope that makes sense. I'm trying to say, like, this match no, is so good. It's, it's like an opening night for a nerdy movie that everybody loves, but it holds up every single time. Because after I watch this match, to take my notes, the next night, I watch it again. <laughs> I didn't take notes, and I watched the whole thing, and I got goosebumps a second time watching it. And that doesn't happen very often when you watch as much wrestling as you and I have. You know, we've talked about it on the show, uh, the, the Hell in a Cell with, Sean, with uh, Undertaker and Mankind. Like, mm-hmm. in my head... You know, before we did this, oh man, one of the best matches of all time. It's just those two spots, and yep. there's like, you know, there's a match afterward, and it's it's kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold Undertaker SummerSlam '98, one of my favorite matches of all time. Went back and watched it. Not a good match. I remember it because of the awesome buildup to it, and in yes, my head that exactly. makes me think, oh yeah, that was a classic match. Actually, not that good when you go back and rewatch it. This is the opposite. It is. I remember it being awesome. You go back and watch it eleven years later. It's it's maybe better mm-hmm. than what I remembered yeah. it. Yeah, and that's how I feel about some of those big movie premieres, like those big movies. Like, do they hold up over time? Mm-hmm. The viewing, you know, like that's how you know if it's a really good movie or a really good, you know, finale to a show or whatever it is. Like this, in my opinion, is the same parallel, and this holds up, and like you said, even exceeds it nowadays, eleven years later. So, anyway. We're, I think we left off the crowd. Uh, Taker had him in the Hell's Gate, and Sean got his foot on the ropes and slips out of the ring. So that's where we were. Undertaker starts to control the pace and slams Shawn Michaels into the stairs on the outside. He lays Shawn across the apron, goes for the apron leg drop, but HBK has scouted that. He moves out of the way. Taker crashes to the floor, and Shawn hits a baseball slide uh, to him on the outside. Uh, he goes up to the top rope and... Taker, uh, Sean kind of missteps a little bit. He slips on one step up to the top rope, gets back up, and goes for a moonsault. And Taker just swats him <laughs> down to the ground. He just nopes him out of the way. Yep. And Sean basically uh, moonsaults straight to the floor here. And uh, I liked Cole. He kind of picked up on that. 
And I don't know if this was actually supposed to happen or not, but he says, oh, Sean kind of gave Undertaker that extra second to scout that move when he slipped and moved out of the way. So uh, really well done moment here, and it's going to set up the most memorable moment in this match. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Marty Elias on Talk of the Jericho said that Sean screwed up his wrist on that that move. And and Jericho was like, I wonder what he's going for. Like, I think he just hesitated just because he knew he was going to, you know, bite the dust. And so he just kind of overthought it and just like, eh, whatever, I'll just jump. But anyway, that's just speculation on Jericho's part. But another cool thing that Marty Elias talks about, he's like, you know, because if you see it during this part right here, he's kind of when he when, you know, the referee is the third man in the match, he gives time cues and whatnot well when he does it to taker he doesn't really go right up to him and he says that's one thing taker tells you do not do that respect my character you don't want to come up in taker's face because again what does taker always do he intimidates the referees they've talked halfway. about it yeah, yeah since exactly. episode one yeah yeah you know charles robinson uh brian armstrong was yeah armstrong no hebner brian hebner, brian hebner. Yeah, jumps yeah, yeah. all the way yeah. across the ring you know like <laughs> he's like you know taker tells you like don't come up in my business when you're giving me cues give me a as far away as you can, where I can still hear you, and like you can see it, especially during this part of the match right here, it's really, really, really cool. I really appreciate him giving that, you know, peeling at the curtain there. But like you said, this is going to set up the big spot, uh, nasty spot. So yeah, t- Sean is crashed and burned. Taker rolls back in, and uh, Sean's just, he's on the outside, and Taker's going to take this opportunity to do something that he does and pull out all the stops of WrestleMania. He rolls back in and. It's going to run and going to leap over the top rope, doing that flying cow. And Sean, actually, during this, he pushes the referee into the barricade and pulls the quote-unquote cameraman in the way so the cameraman will be hit by Taker instead of him. Again, great psychology standpoint there. But Taker kind of over-rotates, and the cameraman does not catch him, and Taker lands on his head. You know, what about you? I remember, I'll never forget seeing this live. No. What about you? No, I mean, we, I remember we were all like, (gasps) we thought, like, that crack you hear when the camera falls, I remember thinking that was his neck. Yes, there's an audible crack in the audio. You hear it every time they show the replay, too. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, it is the camera being dropped by this quote unquote cameraman, but you don't know that at first. No. You think Undertaker has broken his neck, is paralyzed, if not dead. Yeah. It's, it's like he does a head first dive into an empty swimming pool. That's literally <laughs> what this is, yeah. man. Yeah. And to this yeah. day, 11 years later, I don't know how he's not. Like, I watched that replay from every angle. I don't know how he is not paralyzed from that. No, I have no clue. And on Talk to Jericho, Jericho says he was watching this match backstage with Kid Rock. First, first, first mistake. I but, wish I uh, was to be a fly on the wall, man. <laughs> yeah. But he says when they heard that crack, he said he thought it was Taker's neck as well. He's like, I thought he was, I thought he broke his neck. So, but, and then the ref says that Taker fractured his pinky, his ring finger, and his collarbone, but he wrestles in a couple weeks on, uh, on TV. So I'm he not does. sure if he actually did, um, break his collarbone but anyway but yeah i remember just seeing this and we just all cringed and i have no idea how he went on from this i really don't man so so it's common knowledge now but back at the time you had no idea but that cameraman is later revealed 
uh, in the dirt sheets or whatever to be Sim Snuka, aka Deuce from Deuce and Domino, uh, Jimmy Snuka's son. Had, <laughs> what a name! Yeah, had a cup of that's coffee in the big time, and just uh, again, that's another thing they talked about on the Marty Elias podcast. Is originally he was going to be the one who kind of catches Undertaker for that bump. It was always supposed to be Shawn Michaels pulling somebody into the way. Yeah. But for some reason, whoever was booking the match, whatever. Vince, they, Vince told him no. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted an actual performer to be there, yeah. you know, in disguise to catch Undertaker off of that. And he absolutely botches it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. It's not an Undertaker botch, it's a botch from uh, Deuce. And <laughs> not coincidentally, Deuce, <laughs> Sim Snooker, whoever. Never seen again in WWE after this moment. I don't know when exactly he was fired. I could go look that up, but you don't ever see him on TV. You've never seen him brought back after that. Um, nope. Just an absolute fail. Uh, total flubby dub by, <laughs> by oh, Deuce here Uber. in this yeah. moment. Um, yeah, it's a uh, uh, man. It, it you know someone on tw- Twitter. I think uh, we'll talk about it at, at the end of the show. They. Talk about this being a botch that Dave Meltzer, this is the reason why he doesn't rate this match five stars. But man, this dive, this moment in the match is what really escalates the match, in my opinion. And the drama that comes from it here in these Mm -hmm. next few moments are what take it to the next level, even if it was whether it was supposed to happen or not. Right. And so, you know, all four guys are down. Uh, I, I say all four because of Deuce, you know. And um, you can see a dent in the floor where Taker's head hit. You know, it's, yes. I mean, and King even points that out. He's like, "Look at that dent!" It's like he's he's actually flabbergasted as well. So we see a bunch of replays of that, and Sean slides into the ring at this point, and he's he slides back out to grab the ref and pulls him back in the ring so he can start the the count. Um, as we're seeing another replay, but in real life, uh, Marty Elias has revealed that his earpiece actually broke when Sean shoved him into the barricade, so he has no communication with the back at this point so he's just going off time cues i guess looking at um i guess looking at mark yeaton but anyway he says that when sean came out to get him he says he said he's at he told me just sell it and just keep selling it he said he is he needs a minute like and marty also you can see says, that you can see yeah. sean talking to marty if you're yeah. looking for it yeah yeah if you're looking for it. and you know he's he's feigning that he's yelling at him like count 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 but right. he's really telling him don't count, don't count, don't count. Like, sell your injury, basically. I pushed you into the barricade, sell your injury as the referee. Because, you know, he's, now he's he's a part of the match, too, because he's been injured. You know, so if he has slow counts or whatever, it's because of his part in the match. So, anyway, um, and Marty Lyce says that Taker told him before this match even started, you know, if things go south with this dive, count me out for a shoot. Like, if, if something happens, count me out for a shoot. And can you imagine how awful this match would have ended that way if you just counted him out yes i, I can. have no idea because i literally it. was thinking that as we were watching <laughs> yeah. it live i remember i mean i was concerned yeah. that undertaker was literally paralyzed or dead right but i was also scared like oh crap the streak is gonna end because yeah. he's gonna have to be counted out here because yeah. he can't make it back into the ring and right yeah, I'm concerned for his life, but I'm also like, oh, that's terrible. No, not like this, not like this. And that's where I want to say, you know, I, I said before the match started, I thought there was no way Shawn Michaels was going to break the streak. So that's why I was not super excited about this match. Dude, in this moment and then in a few moments later on after this, that's the 
power of a great match and of great storytelling yes. is they could totally flip me the other way and think, oh, never mind. The mm-hmm. streak is going to end tonight. Like you got, you hooked me in and that's, that's the beauty of wrestling, you know? Yeah. So we're back and Sean is in the ring. He's telling, you know, from storyline, he's telling the ref to count and the ref starts to count. And Sean is basically over in the corner on his knees, basically praying like, yeah, come on, like just rocking back and forth. Like, come on, like basically asking the ref to count faster. But again, the ref's doing a good job because again, he's quote unquote injured here too, because of that bump. So he, Really got thrown a bone there with me allowing, you know, a reason to be able to count slow. So Taker somehow slides in the last, like, nanosecond before the ref gets to 10. And Sean just falls on his face in the corner. And he looks up, and his whole countenance of his face has changed. He's got this angry, like, you, blankety-blank, like, I have tried to put you down. And, you know, so now he's going to turn it up another level and really take it to the next level of Shawn Michaels. Well, he tunes up the band, looking for sweet chin music as Undertaker slowly gets up in the corner. But Undertaker moves out of the way and hits a huge choke slam uh, and gets a two count out of that. Uh, the entire Reliant Dome is counting with the referee, but Sean kicks out here as we get into an awesome series of near falls here. Uh, Taker goes for a tombstone. Sean slips out, goes for sweet chin music. Taker catches the foot. Sean slips out and hits the kick. A little bit reminiscent of Sean and Stone Cold uh, back in the day, except Sean actually connects this time. And he crawls over, real desperate, one-armed pin, but Taker kicks out. Crowd is biting on every near fall mm-hmm. here. Again, like I said earlier, that 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 sweet chin music has laid Taker out the last few times he's got it. So really, really good stuff. And Sean can't believe, he's in disbelief here. He kips up again. A uh, look of anger on his face. He reaches down to Taker to pick him up, but Taker goozles him, you know, from the, from his back. Gets up, kicks him in the gut. Taker's going to get Sean up for a last ride, but Sean's going to roll through basically with a sunset flip. And then he's, uh, he's like, laying on the ground underneath Taker. Taker just re- leans down, grabs him up by the throat, throws him in the air, kicks him in the stomach, and then gets him up for a tremendous last ride. It is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's up there with Christian and X-Pac and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a... Huge last right, and he slams him down to the mat, and it looks like a hard landing. And he goes over to pin uh, Shawn Michaels, and just a tremendous near fall there. Shawn kicks out the last second, and Taker is frustrated. I remember we could not believe that wasn't the end of the match. Uh, The King can't believe it. He's like marking out on commentary. (laughs) Oh my God! Uh, It's great. Um, Undertaker takes a rare trip to the top rope here for an elbow drop. We've seen it a few times, but very, very rarely. Uh, Sean moves out of the way, and Undertaker hits the mat. Uh, both men struggling, fighting to get back up to their feet. Sean comes running at Taker, but Taker flips him out of the ring, and Sean skins the cat. Taker catches him, hits the tombstone here. Classic pin. A pin, a combination we've seen a few times where Taker catching the guy on the outside, mm-hmm. goes for that tombstone, classic pin. Sean gets the shoulder up, and uh, this is one of the best visuals in WrestleMania history as Sean gets that shoulder up, Taker's head just rests on Sean's shoulder. He's just making this classic bug-eyed face on yes. Shawn Michaels' body as if he can't believe it. Yeah. Oh, it means perfection. 
It really is. And you don't often see Taker respond that way in matches. He kind of holds those emotions in. So he, you know, for fake, but, you know, the storyline, he he thought that was it too. And so having that wide gaze on his eye. And then JR even on commentary is like, I mean, take JR's marking out, King's marking out, Cole's marking out, the Reliance Stadium is marking out, and HBK looks absolutely dead. I mean, he kicked out, oh. like he said, threw that shoulder up, and he's remained on his side. Like, he, he hasn't yeah. moved. He no one selling. in the building, nobody watching this saw that kick out coming. It's no. so brilliant. And this crowd is at a fever pitch. Again, mm-hmm. they are taking us on a roller coaster here. And Taker is on a fever pitch, too. He gets up, and he it's business time, baby. He pulls those straps down, hits a throat slash, and he's got an evil look on his face. And he goes to pick up Sean's lifeless body from the ground. Oh, and one of the things from talking to Jericho is that Jericho said that Sean always told him, just lay and sell. And if you think it's not long enough, stay down. And that's one thing I think Sean did perfectly here. Like He was he was dead. I mean, he just laid out in the ring. So. Right. But he's going to come to life here. So Taker's straps are down, it's business time, slashes the throat, goes for a tombstone, but Sean counters that into a DDT. Sean, taking his time, like you just said, slowly drags himself up to the top rope, hits that patented, beautiful Shawn Michaels elbow drop, and then he backs into the corner, starts tuning up the band again, and connects with Sweet Chin Music right in the middle of the ring, hooks the leg, Undertaker kicks out at 2.9 again in this crowd. Oh, my God. They have lost their minds. Their heads are exploding. They don't know what to do. Uh, And this is, you could argue, the closest the streak has ever come to ending in these past 17 matches. People believed it in the arena. We believed it watching at home. It is just, uh, I've said it multiple times, it is just perfection. So, yeah, I mean, we say it all the time, like, you know, Randy Orton, we thought he could have won. He could have defeated the streak. Edge may have. It could have been up and coming. But, like, this right here was like, I know Sean doesn't need it. But, like, man, what if he goes out on the end of his career and he defeats the streak? You know, like, this could be it. And so it was just, we bit on it, too, at home. It was just so, so, it blew us away that he kicked out, you know. You actually see the crowd, the fans in the front row, they're like, doing the Wayne's world. We're not worthy yeah. bowing yeah. down to this match after that near yeah. fall. Yeah. And this is before like the whole, this is awesome and stuff like that. And you deserve it. This is before that. Although kind of, there is some, this is awesome chance. Yeah. In this match. But it's before like, the whole crowd would do that. You know, right. Yeah. There yeah, are yeah, some yeah. of those, but this is before it's become the norm. And this is like a 15 round boxing match. They're hanging on each other, pulling each other up to get mm. in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Knife edge shots from Sean. Punches from Taker in the middle of the ring. Headbutts from Taker. More chops from Sean. Taker's chest looks like, uh, I don't know, bloody meats or something. It looks disgusting. <laughs> and his chest is purple. He boots uh, Sean down and gets going to get Sean up in a tombstone, but Sean's going to elbow out and chop him some more. Chopping wood, maybe. Trying to chop this big red wood down. <laughs> Taker sends Sean into the turnbuckle, but Sean catches Taker with a boot as Taker runs in. Both guys struggling to get back up to their feet again, and Sean heads to the top rope. 
you know, it's Shawn Michaels. He can't help it. He's the showstopper. He's he's got to go for the big move here. So he goes for a moonsault, but Undertaker's gonna catch him coming down, and that's gonna do it. Tombstone, classic cover, folds the arms over, and finally, after what? What are we at here? 20, 30 minutes, 55 seconds. One of the longest matches we've covered here in a long time. The Undertaker gets the three count and sends himself to the unprecedented territory of 17-0 at WrestleMania. Like I said, unprecedented 17 note WrestleMania. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And one cool thing about this this ending of this match, I mean, what a cool, like, he moonsaults, Taker catches him, hits the tombstone. It's just, it's seamless. It looks like they yeah. practiced it for days, weeks. You know, it looks like they've just got this down. They know what they're doing. Fun fact for you, though, from Talk is Jericho, is that Marty Elias says that that is the original ending, is that the moonsault into the tombstone. But uh, they had were practicing it and Sean just he couldn't hit it. He's he couldn't he kept turning sideways or second guessing himself and they actually put like a crash pad out there and he was trying to flip it. He's, he he couldn't hit it right. And so uh, he said, you know, if if I can't do it, plan B is I'm gonna land on my feet, Taker's gonna kick me, tombstone me, pin me. Same essential ending, but not as cool as him catching him. So they're backstage watching the opening video that we talked about like the hype video. And he says, he's sitting right next to Sean, and Sean looks at him and goes, Marty, we don't need no plan B. He just, <laughs> he knew it. He just knew that. He's like, I'm going to hit it tonight. I'm firing on all cylinders. So I thought that was a pretty cool little little nugget there. So really, really cool. But, yeah, both these guys are laying on their backs. Taker slowly sits up. Days look on his face. We see highlights of the, the flying cow that, the, with the headbutt to the floor. You know, on that the, the neck break, the the huge choke slam that Jr. called a gorilla dunk earlier. I don't That's understand a what that dunk. means. <laughs> a gorilla dunk. Yeah, I don't know, but the skin, the cat, tombstone, the sweet chin music that everybody bit on, the ending moonsault. It's just everything. And then Taker is just drowning in the purple lights with the Shakespeare pose. We see seventeen and zero on the screen, and it's just awesome, man. The f- announcers are paying their respects. Cole says. Shawn Michaels proved he was Mr. WrestleMania, but Undertaker proved he was the WrestleMania phenom. JR says he was honored as a fan to have been able to sit front row and watch this match. Even Evander Holyfield in the front row (laughs) is clapping like a little kid. He loved watching this match. And uh, The Undertaker, he's really selling on his walk to the back. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even really do, like, the fist raise or anything else. Like, he's just, you mm-hmm. know, he's... 
barely made it out, barely escaped with the win on this one. And you know what? It is just an absolute instant classic. Uh, we felt like that watching it in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, my buddy, our buddy Jay that we've talked about on here, he was not watching it with us, but he reminded me. I was talking to him on the phone the other day that I texted him like immediately after that match said, you need to watch this because he was <laughs> – you know, he, he's had times where he's been real involved and other times where he hasn't really watched it hardcore. But I told him he had to watch this one immediately and he said yep. it lived up to it. And, uh, man, I tell you what, I don't know if I've ever been so entertained and hooked and invested in a match watching it live. You know, I, I, I might say other matches are my personal favorites for emotional connections or, you know, just, you know, whatever reason. But, man... Live experience watching a match on pay per view. Yeah, I think this is number one for me. This is it's fantastic. In fact, Jr. says on commentary, "I think we've just seen heaven." As a wrestling <laughs> fan, how could you ask for anything more? And he's right. I mean, wh- what more did you need, man? You don't need anything else. This match has it all, man. The timing, near de- the drama, yeah. performances, the commentary team, the crowd, everything. Yeah, it's just so good, man. It's just got it all. And again, you didn't know at the time it was going to be like that. It's just, but in my opinion, this is the greatest match we've covered so far, like on this, on this show. It really is. It's uh, probably the greatest match I'd ever laid my eyes on at the time. You know, again, like I mentioned I got goosebumps watching it again. I got suckered in emotionally to the near falls and just perfect storytelling. And um, one cool, a couple cool facts here from Talk is Jericho is that yeah, uh, we're the not the says, only people who felt like that about this. Match. Right? Yeah, the ref says he and Sean went to like the side when they exited. They didn't go up to the gorilla. They went to the side, and everybody was standing by the monitor watching Taker kind of take his final pose in the ring after the replays. And Shane Helms comes up to him and says, "Yo, I hope there's a mercy rule in wrestling because ain't nobody gonna follow that." <laughs> so, and then Cody Rhodes comes up and says, "That was incredible and insane." And then. In the trainer's room a few minutes later, you know, he and Sean were in there, and Taker comes in and falls on the table, and Vince asks if he's okay, and Triple H, the world, the WWE champion, comes in with a title, allegedly, throws it on the floor, and says, how the blank am I supposed to follow that? I can't go out there now. He knows that he and he and Orton have this personal rivalry, and he's like, I got to go out and, and, and finish like, after that match? Like, wh- why would you do that to me? You know, so... Uh, and then, um, you know, it's the no. it's the pinnacle of of both these guys' careers. It is, yeah, so much storytelling. We've done this for 146 episodes up until this. So, and it's playing in to all of that. It's everything we've built up to as far as this character, yes. this storytelling. You know, the history between these two guys, these two forces coming against each other. And you couldn't have this match, you couldn't have this storytelling without the 20 years beforehand. It, it wouldn't be the uh-uh. same. No, it really is impeccable. Like, and it's the way it all came together. It's just, it's awesome. So, and then another thing from the last ride, episode three, we see um, them talking about this match, you know, and Sean's talking, or Taker's talking about how, you know, this and the next three matches are probably his favorite story. And we'll get into that more as we cover those, but. He said, you know, I put these two matches with Sean up against any. And, you know, it was magic. And Triple H again reiterates that he said, you know, Ward and I were screwed. He said, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like, I'm backstage watching it said, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And he's a Flair fan, you know. And uh, we also see Sean and Taker hugging each other backstage. And Stone Cold, actually, he's there that night for the Hall of Fame induction. And 
he comes up and tells Taker, he's like, you know, you took those fans every which way you could, that you could get them. And he said, that was just outstanding. We've seen Undertaker say it through, during this series. We've heard him uh, on a lot of podcasts over the past uh, few weeks promoting the Last Ride series. Everyone asks him, and he says it every time, this format uh-huh. series with Shawn Michaels and Triple H, beginning with this match right here, that's his favorite matches in his career. So to hear it from the man himself, and you see why, you understand why right here. And I was going to ask you, this is not in my notes or anything, I just was going to ask you, up to this point, and this, you, you already said this may, this is probably the greatest WrestleMania match, maybe the greatest match, I don't know, but up to this point, what was your favorite match? Of Undertaker? Like, just or just... All around. No, just favorite wrestling match up to this point. Like in in April fifth, two thousand nine, before this match happened, what would you say? That's my favorite match. So my favorite matches, uh, Owen and Owen Hart and Bret Hart from WrestleMania ten. Right. Uh, that's what and, I thought. And then um, Bret Hart and Mister Perfect from SummerSlam ninety one, and um, Stone Cold and Dude Love. Dude Love, Over right? Yeah. Nineteen ninety eight. Those are you know, my three favorite matches and they still are just for like personal reasons. Sure. Favorite and best are not always the same thing for different reasons. Right. Uh, This right here, it's tough to say. It's definitely in contention for best match. Sure. uh, Yeah. In WrestleMania history and in WWE history. Yeah. No, I agree. I totally agree. So that's awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask you, I mean, you, again, you've watched wrestling longer than I had. So I was just going to ask what was your favorites. And I, those are the three I thought you would say. So those are sentimental oh, things for me for yeah. various reasons. Um, I don't know. What about you? Uh, Sean and Brett at mania, the Iron Man match again, that's just, and that's just from a pure being a wrestling fan, you know, and up until the murder of Benoit, I love the, the main event of WrestleMania 20. We mm-hmm. were at that match was impeccable it was flawless yeah. you know i took you on a ride too you know that was great um i love flair and steamboat like everybody does you know i love those matches but again yeah. i was a big big dose w fan too i loved a lot of benoit stuff uh benoit booker t's said best of seven just i love all that stuff you know um so yeah but this match you know like you said best and favorite are kind of different you know so um that, that is cool but yeah this is definitely probably Arguably the greatest match. You could put it up there. You could say it's number one A, number one B, whatever, number two. Whatever. It's it's one of the best, if not the best. But this is the match that we're going to basically uh, put every other WrestleMania match for takers on that's going to be measured against this completely unfairly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to set the stage for this next generation, this next era of The Undertaker's career. It's going to be encompassed by this match and the matches that follow it so we will cover that over the next few weeks um what, uh, you had one other note i think from the uh talk is jericho podcast about marty elias that's a cool note oh Definitely yeah yeah, yeah 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 so he says that you know he's like i'm a fan too so i he said if he's in a big match he likes to have the guys he was in with sign his ref jersey so he had sean sign it at wrestlemania and the next i guess the next day or Later that week, so they were at Austin, Texas, maybe for Raw, and he asked Taker if he'd sign it for him, and he says Taker, look, you know, goes to sign it, and he looks up at me, says, "You know what, Marty? I'd have been better off if you'd have caught me," <laughs> <laughs> which is a huge compliment. You know, he's not a worker; he's a ref. So, uh, talking about you know, Deuce taking a Deuce on that, you know, <laughs> that uh, catching him or whatever. That's so, one way to put I it. thought that's pretty cool. Pretty cool uh, respects from the dead man to Marty Elias. Again, I recommend that episode. 
Uh, but again, just understanding he's going to put himself over. He's like Chris Jericho, puts himself over the whole time. So, but <laughs> it is uh, it is worth listening to for sure. Uh, some information you wouldn't get any other place. Sean and the first Hell in a Cell is one of my favorite matches of all time. It too. is Sean yeah. and, and like, totally. it, up to this point, like that was it. Seriously, is one of my favorite matches of all time. Like it, that will always stand up there. Sorry, it just occurred to me. No, <laughs> I forgot that one. <laughs> this one goes down in the canon for one of the best of all time. Uh, yeah. You can definitely make the case best WWE match of all time for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, you know, your feelings on New Japan or WCW, ECW, Ring of Honor, AEW, whatever. You know, this, as far as if you're just looking at WWE storytelling, this is the perfect encapsulation of it right here. Yep. But absolutely. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts on it. Man, we had a blast talking about it here. One of our longest, most in-depth episodes in a long time. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it out there. Hit us up, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are out there with your comments at Talking Taker. Real easy to find us. Uh, before I get into the comments about this match, I got a few from some previous episodes I got to hit up. Uh, at Gary Thorpe 12345 uh, we've heard from him a little bit he, he recently binged through the whole series I believe and uh, thank you he commented on the no way out episode he said that comment where Ed says hottest chick in the game wearing my chain you thought it was a Canadianism Travis uh, he I says did. it's from a Jay-Z song mm. <laughs> well but uh, he does still think Undertaker's saying soup bowls not soup bones well we're allowed to be wrong every now and then. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to get hit with a soup bowl. No. Either. But, uh, Unless it's a bread bowl from like uh, mm, Panera or something. Delicious. I could hit with that and eat it. <laughs> um, and then our watch along last week, the Armageddon Hell in a Cell match with the bottom line wrestling cast. Uh, Don't sleep on that episode, guys. Go back and listen. Very it's, it fun. was a fun one. Yeah, very it's fun. fun. Um, Wrestle Mags, <laughs> Wrestle Mags on Twitter. Mm said you know you're always asking about if people were there that night he was there he was there at armageddon 2000 said my dad and i are right in in the crowd you can see us right over pat patterson's head when they're coming in with the uh mr mcmahon's hayride or woodchip ride thing (laughs) um says he's been to some great shows in person he was at the Finger Poke of Doom live. Yes. Starcade 96, or the Nitro before Starcade 96, um, actually sent us some pictures from the Armageddon show. Uh, a little blurry, you know, it's a old 2000 era yeah. camera, but still really cool, really cool. fun stuff there from Rassel Mags. Go give him a follow on Instagram. Uh, fun to see uh, memories from the show. We love that. And then this was my highlight of the week, Travis. The quiche, the big brown machine at the real Rikishi retweeted us and uh, shared a gif of him being chokeslammed off the cage. And he said, the risk you take to satisfy your loyal WWE Universe fans, I'd do it again. Dude, I cannot believe the quiche retweeted us. That's awesome, man. That was so cool. WWE Hall of Famer. I showed my wife that because actually she went to a. I was like, you remember the guy we saw at Nashville Fairgrounds wrestling with a thong on? She's like, not really, but I was like, well, how could you forget? But anyway, I was like, big guy, big butt. Anyway, because he he was in a match we went to at a little like a uh, NWA show there, mm-hmm. and uh, had the Poison Ivy Death match. I'll get to that later on sometime. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a tell all. But anyway, 
Um, I was like, well, he is a Hall of Famer, and he retweeted this. And she's like, well, that's pretty cool. She's like, you should reach out to him and ask him to come on the show. I was like, yeah, right. But, Why not? But um, we'll see. he's we'll got see. a Twitch stream, I think, or something. It's <laughs> Mixer channel. So anyway, but yeah, really cool, Keish. Thank you. That's awesome. We love. hope he didn't bury you too bad on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope he doesn't listen to it, actually. <laughs> as far as you guys' comments on this match, uh, continue to send them in to us, and we'll read them yeah. on next week's. But we did get a few before we were able to record tonight. Of course, you know, the Turk, Randy Turco, he's coming in. Uh, he didn't get to watch this one with his friends. He said a snowstorm, uh, you know, in April in Minnesota kept him from the WrestleMania party, uh, but he still ordered it solo at his apartment. And I uh, said it was the best WrestleMania match of all time, even though next year would come close. But this one had 28-year-old him standing, jumping, chewing his cuticles to the bone with every high spot and false finish, even though he was all alone in his apartment. <laughs> Sounds about right, Randy. Sounds great. Uh, the downturn at downturn the said, I get that it's just his opinion, but Meltzer does not think this match is five stars. And that just blows in my mind, which I agree. I think he rates it four and a half or four and three quarters, which is just absurd, Quarter. man. Get off something's me. not five stars. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, man, Dave Meltzer, he is what he is, but he is not the end all be all in my opinion. Nope. The more he opens his mouth or his fingers, the more respect I lose for his opinion. So, that's all I'm saying. Benjamin Emerson at Bonzo E92 said, I rewatched it not too long ago, and it still holds up. Absolutely. Yeah. Watch Along Wrestling uh, said it was amazing that these two were able to stay apart for over a decade, and then they built yes. it up perfectly over the past three years, and it actually lives up to the impossible hype. Uh, although he says he was rooting against Undertaker here and, uh, <laughs> for the next few WrestleManias. So uh, we'll try not to hold that against you. That's funny. Uh, and a couple more. Or here, I'll, uh, I'll end it with this. At Princeton John 2. Princeton John, we've heard from him a lot. Said he was hyped up for the match and it ended up exceeding expectations. There are only a few matches that have put me on the edge of my seat, and this was one of them. These two put on a show that will be remembered for years, and it reminded me how much I love professional wrestling. There you go. I agree 100%. Co-signed that. That's mm-hmm. how I feel felt watching this match here. Um, just reminded you of everything you love about this crazy business. And there have only been a couple matches since then that, taker matches or not, that have got me, you know, on the same feeling, you know, level. Like the next year, that Mania match, and then I'll say Punk and Cena, you know, from Money in the Bank, had me there just feeling like I was here. Uh, this might not might surprise people, but AJ Styles versus John Cena at Royal Rumble 2018, yeah. I think it was. It was. Yeah. Go watch that match again. They do not leave the ring. <laughs> They don't leave the ring at all, and that match is flawless. They have, might have had a better match at Money in the Bank or SummerSlam. That match at Royal Rumble is perfect. But yeah, those three, particularly off the top of my head, uh, I can think that have had me kind of even clo- come close to what this match did. So yeah, really, really up there. And you don't, you don't get stuff like this. You'll never get a match with the magnitude of these two superstars that haven't touched in the ring again. So. It's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up about them not leaving the ring, AJ Styles and John Cena. That will allow me to transition to talk about a special bonus that we've got for you talking Taker fans. 
uh, one of our listeners, one of our followers, uh, we talked about him on the show a lot, St. Ridley Santos, uh, also known as Spencer, as I talked to him on the show. He is a former college professor, a scholar, a teacher, and he actually has taught about this match, this Undertaker-Shawn Michaels match, and the series of matches with him and uh, Undertaker-Shawn Michaels, Undertaker-Triple H in his college English classes before. So uh, we set up a little recording session, me and him. You know, I'm stuck at home uh, on furlough from this pandemic, so I had some free time. And we talked for almost two hours about this four-match series, and we've... Uh, if it's not out now, it'll be out soon. A bonus episode of our podcast, me and him uh, kind of analyzing things and him bringing in that scholarly analysis as sort of a supplement to what me and Travis bring you every week and just talking about the interconnectedness of all of these matches. And uh, one thing we point out in the show, this Undertaker-Shawn Michaels match, it they leave the ring, but there's no... This is a straight-up wrestling match. Mm-hmm. There's no weapons, no chairs, no tables. Nope. This and it—you see it escalate through the four matches, all the way up to Hell in a Cell, to an ending with that. And yep. so you see weapons become involved, and you see the violence ramp up from this straight wrestling match into this knockout drag, the most devastating match in WWE folklore, Hell in a Cell. So yep. one of the really cool storytelling things you'll learn about and you'll hear about in that podcast. So it's something a little bit different, a little extra supplement for these four matches that I encourage you guys to go check out. Uh, of course, check out the I haven't one. heard it, so I'm excited. Yeah. You, you haven't heard it yet, so <laughs> yeah. it'll be a surprise to you. Uh, he talks about Beowulf a lot, and uh, I know that's, that's your jam, Travis. So, <laughs> uh, some little extra for you guys. Uh, we appreciate you, and we'll keep rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride. Undertaker's going to take some PTO, and we're going to come back later in 2009 with a rivalry with CM Punk. As we uh, pick up at, uh, I believe it's Breaking Point 2009. I believe that's our next matchup. Yeah, I think it is. So um, anyway, he's going to take a little PTO, but we'll see. We'll cover a little bit of stuff in, in April, and then we'll get to Breaking Point, and then we'll. He doesn't have too many more matches to regress this year, I don't think. So uh, we'll yeah, we got like four or five in 2009. Maybe four or five, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, but again, I'm, I I haven't watched a match that we've done or research for or watch twice. I watched this match twice. It's 30 minutes long. That's just the match. That's not the introductions and the outroductions or whatever you call it. That's, this took 45 minutes of my life. I watched it twice. I goosebumps two times. I'm still a little child when I watch this match. So <laughs> this is everything I love about professional wrestling in one. Yep. We have been talking your ears off, guys. Thank you for sticking with us. We've been looking forward to this one for a long, long time. 146 episodes before this. You know, looking forward to it. So, if you were there, Reliant Stadium, Astro, not the Astro, no, Reliant Stadium in Houston on April 5th um, at the not 25th anniversary of WrestleMania, please let us know. We want to know were you the, the one of the guys in the crowd, you know, giving the uh, you know all hail to the match, and this, this is awesome. We want to know what it was like to be there in in the uh, in the arena this night. Uh, tell us your thoughts. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing more to be said about this match. It's amazing. It's the greatest. Take her easy. Sometimes it's hell getting to heaven. I feel like we're just in heaven. What a match. As a wrestling fan, how could you ask for anything more? Goosebumps.